You understand the meaning of the word foreboding. As in badness is happening right now. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Far too kind. Oh, you guys are a hell of a duet here. Why'd you start harmonizing? Can I get an encore? Do you want more? Cook and roll with the Brooklyn boys. So for one last time, I need you. Because lobsters live for over 100 years. Now what the hell are you waiting for? After me, there should be no more. So for one last time, make some noise. That's for John Lennon, you Yankee fucking cunt. I want you to put together a young, top-notch team for me, Dan. You select them, you train them, you mold them. Well, I'm beginning to like this guy already. What's it like, the real thing? It's faster. Mount up. We got the call. We are waiting the arrival of an international fugitive. The family's fortune is estimated in the billions of dollars. I will give $100 million to whoever gets me out of here. Are you for real or what, Holmes? What the hell happened? Our motorcade has been hit. They alert, they're coming out of the woodwork. We have an ex-SWAT guy leading this attack. Matilda's escaping. Okay, guys, this is what we trained for. It's such a good song. All right, everybody, this is Above the Title, a podcast about the state of the 21st century movie star. We're looking specifically at the career of Colin Farrell. This week, we're doing the 2003 Clark Johnson-directed feature SWAT, S-W-A-T, <laughs> based on the television show from uh, the 70s, right? 1975, I think? 19, uh, 1975 is the year the, I think of as that song being yeah. released. Uh, and one... uh, stars Colin Farrell, like we said, as Officer James Jim Street, Jeremy Renner as Brian Gamble. Uh, Brian Van Holt as Michael Boxer, Samuel L. Jackson as Sergeant Dan Hondo Harrelson, Michelle Rodriguez as Christina Chris Sanchez, LL Cool J as Deacon DK, uh, Oliver Martinez as Le Lou Rouge. <laughs> Alex You're just going to read all of them? <laughs> Josh it's, Charles, it's... They, they're important. Josh Charles as TJ. Uh, yeah, that's about it, right? It's interesting. You're You're reading that off Wikipedia. Yeah, uh, it's, I just think it's interesting that that's the listing Wikipedia has uh, listed it as because Jackson is top build in this movie. And I think this is the last stretch of True. this run of Colin Farrell movies where he's the undeniable main character of the movie, but he's second build to the bigger star. Yeah, which is a thing we've been talking about. We've kind of left it behind, but that's the case in Hearts War. That's the case in The Recruit. That's the case in this. I mean, I guess this movie is going to come up in. Oh, you can talk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'll get through. I'll get through it because just short thing to say. I, this is going to come up very clearly when we hit probably the biggest, most important movie of this podcast um, for just like undeniable Dumbo. similarities. Dumbo, yes, of course. <laughs> um, and in that film. When you watch the movie, it's clear that Farrell's character, I think, is the like emotional protagonist of the movie. But you know, for certain reasons, he's not top build. Or maybe are you talking, about, are you talking about Vice? Yeah, he is. Let me just get this out of the way. First of all, we have a guest this week. Uh, Mark Tilly is joining us to talk about SWAT. Hey, hey, what's up, Mark? Um, we will Pleasure get into this here. when we talk about Vice. I do just want to address this. I think it's that Colin is top build in the actual credits of Vice, 
Jamie Foxx's top build in the advertising. Oh, that okay. now that specifically is that and the fact that Colin Farrell is way in way more of Miami Vice than Jamie Foxx is are both results of the ugly and messy production of Miami Vice. That's yeah. a special case. But that might be that might yeah. be the final straw of him not necessarily being top build, but being like the lead of the film. My the story I have always heard about Vice is that when Jamie Foxx basically came in and insisted he be top build, um, Colin Farrell was like, I don't give a shit. Yeah. Uh, I to think the degree I have uh... also heard that when Jamie Foxx demanded more money than Colin Farrell, Colin Farrell told him to take it out of his salary. Those are the stories. No, I think those are like the official narrative of how that worked out. I think, is it Vulture who had like an oral history of the film like a year after it was released? And I think that's what's said in it. Um, We don't need to, uh, maybe we should hold off. We'll hold off on the Vice talk when we get to the eight hour Miami Vice episode. Do this research because I remember hearing this too. I might have read that same article, but it was like even down to the poster, like his face had to be like a percentage bigger than yeah. ferals i don't the, know if i'm yeah. like completely the, the, problem, that the problem like... the problem is that what happens is when they sign on to do miami vice is is when colin farrell is at like the height of his movie star power and in between those contracts getting signed and them actually starting production on the movie uh colin farrell has made alexander and it's Jamie right Fox around the moment that this movie comes out yeah. because it's so, when they're making it's not even when collateral has come out it's when they're making yeah. collateral that fox like pitches to michael mann uh my it's, advice reboot i think the ali yeah. rap party that or fox that, pitches yeah. it but what, what it is is that just in between them in between pre-pro and pro in that movie colin's career tanks Jamie Foxx wins an Oscar, and now the dynamics are different. This is not the Miami Vice episode. We're gonna. Fu- <laughs> I'm. I'm so scared about the Miami Vice episode. Uh, this is the SWAT episode. It is weird. I keep thinking about it. There's these like odd like sister films in Colin Farrell's filmography, though. There He's are, done two yeah, superhero definitely. movies. He's where he done plays the two... where he plays a secondary villain within the superhero. Yes, movies. Yeah. there are two remakes i want to say unless i'm forgetting something but i think it's just uh, there's that right night and miss no it's just fright night and miss julie right am i forgetting nope something? you're missing uh sofia coppola oh he has done three you're right he has yeah. done three um and he did at least three i TV haven't thought shows. about that much yeah i don't know i feel like i'm forgetting something um uh, but regardless and he did two tv shows based on cops two movies based on cop shows uh that are most famous for their music like that's weird. Yeah. And one of those movies is a seismic masterpiece. <laughs> and the other movie is Clark Johnson SWAT. Uh, this movie's fun, you know. It's a movie a, I've seen a, a dozen movie. times. Okay, let's get into yeah. this because you told me that last night. It's and true. Connor, you told me the same thing this morning. Yeah, I feel like I've seen this movie. So I've seen it here's so the, many here's times. the funny thing though, Mark. I, I said this about Daredevil, and I didn't I I've didn't realize that I was going to say a similar thing about SWAT, which with Daredevil, I had never seen continuously the whole way through. But when watching it, finally sitting down watching it, I realized I had seen the entire movie just in segments. Mm -hmm. And I always figured that there were pieces missing that would make the movie make more sense that I hadn't seen, but there weren't, except unless you count the director's cut. With this film, I had definitely seen this movie the whole way through. But the last time I had seen it, I probably was not 18 yet. 
and I could not remember anything that happened in this movie. I told Cole mul- this multiple times. I just didn't remember anything that happened um, until I sat down and watched it the other this past week, and I realized, no, I remember every single thing that happens in this movie. I just figured there was more that I just was not recollecting or, or, or more that was there. Um, 100%. So, Mark, yeah. peek behind the curtain. Mark, you were the first person we asked to be on this podcast. You had carte blanche of anything but Miami Vice. It's true. Why did you pick SWAT? Uh, well, I mean, I think it's this is one of his... It was, a, it was a combination of a movie that I was extremely familiar with. I knew not that many people would want it. So I knew <laughs> I'd get it. You were the... F- and I, I, the I told one. you and you I think, And blocked. I think he is so fucking weird in this movie. Did Colin Farrell is weird? I think he's a little freak in this movie. He is so he is so fucking weird because I have I have floated the little freak theory to you, Connor, on this podcast, right? That 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 I have said that that is a a mode of Colin. There are just like beats and moments in this movie that are just like burned into my brain, like the fucking Tupperware bit when she's like trying to ask him to go home, and he's like, "I can't come to your son's birthday party tomorrow. I have a Tupperware party." Got to keep it nice for music. I have to keep it like nice and sealed. Yeah. Just bits like that where his character is, I know, but like in my brain, the kid's like, what the fuck is he talking about? Cause I'd watched this movie maybe from when I was like nine till I was like 13 was the zone for this movie. And I don't know. I like watched it. I don't know. I was like, I watched this documentary on like the North Hollywood shootout when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like what the opening yeah. of the movie is based on. It's kind uh, of what uh, all of these movies uh, are actually based uh, I can on. Bullshit the, on that, but no, I but the imagery. I think the imagery of the guys outside the bank in LA mm. shooting. You know what I'm saying? I think it's very okay. Here's what I'm gonna say. Sure, they can tell me left and right that yeah. the opening of this movie is based on the North Hollywood shootout. Uh, the opening of this movie is based on Heat. Of course. I don't give a shit what you tell me. Down to shot compositions. No. It's yes. it's heat. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I think a lot of this plays into that thing that happened in real life that people Did, remember. The you North know? Hollywood shooting happened after the motion picture heat came out. Yeah, I know, but yeah. <laughs> I think like Is it 90 the, It's 97. Yeah. It's like it's a weird case of life imitating art. The aspect Didn't didn't the people from the North Hollywood shootout say that they watched heat like repeatedly sure, to prepare for it this is why i'm i i don't know possibly i just gotta say this is why i think it's insane that you two have both said you've seen this movie over 10 times because i barely made it through a single view <laughs> i think it was just on tv all the time it took me like five hours to watch this two-hour movie this morning because i kept <laughs> on like being like do i have chores to do can i, I like yeah google this- something I literally had a pirated combo back of, I think there was four, but the three I remember were SWAT, Collateral, Miami Vice. Those are three of the four that might've been three, but it was a pirated disc. I wish we knew what the four SWAT was was the one that I watched and I didn't watch the other two until I was like in high school. That's crazy. But SWAT was the one of those movies that I could, because I could go on the little menu and pick up the three. It's just barely a movie. I know. It like, feels it feels like a pilot stretched out to two hours with movie stars slugging it, it. Yeah, but when you're a kid, it feels like a bunch of like action figures, kind of like you know, yeah. swan action figures 
But like, no, like as, 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 as a kid, I, I call bullshit because all no, done. But as a kid, like I would watch this movie. I would watch the first, you know, 50 minutes hour hangout. And then once the fucking plot kicks into gear, I like zone out and it's on and I'm like playing with my toys or whatever. But like that would just seated a the, dozen the times. Plot. Here's, I, I'm just going to say this. And I know, Mark, you did not grow up in the United States. Were you in the U.S. in 2003? No, I didn't think so. Just going to rattle off some titles for movies that came out the summer of 2003. X2 X-Men United. Matrix Reloaded. Down with Love. Finding Nemo. Fuck it. The Italian Job. Too Fast, Too Furious. Triple to Belleville. Masterpiece. Uh, Hulk. 28 Days Later. Like most of these movies I'm listing, I saw that summer. Pirates of the Caribbean. What movie called Pirates of the Fucking Caribbean? Well, like, called Master Commander. Thank you very much. That came out in uh, November. In November. Fine. fine. Uh, little movie called Bad Boys <laughs> Two. Uh, you, little movie called Spy Kids 3D. I watched game all these over. movies. Yes. Yeah, I'm just saying. You can't tell me like, well, you liked it. Little movie called Freaky Friday. Not a fucking movie. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> it's crazy open. that uh, yeah. it is Bad a weird movie that like. And Too I'm Fast, just, Too Furious came out in the same summer. The, the, That's the point I'm making is you can't say, well, it was a kid for a movie that came out in like the dream summer for popcorn movies and sure. also the Triplets of Belleville. Um, sure. I really fucking love the Triplets of Belleville gang. Sure. It's so fucking good. No, it's great. Oh, but Cole, what you're not getting is that the deal with this movie isn't that everybody loved it when it came. Everybody like yeah. our age loved it the summer it came out. It's that it was on TV probably six nights a week for like so a six year stretch. So is Thunderball. And I've seen all of the ones that were on TV like multiple, multiple times because uh, I would get home from school and I would just turn it on and be like, I guess I'm watching I'm this I'm saying now. it belongs on TV because it's basically a TV movie. It's his real. I, I mean, even like made by a TV director, you know, yeah. like a good I don't, TV a director. A good TV director. Is he coming off? Like, I mean, okay, here's the thing. I kind of want to blame Clark Johnson for this because this movie is number one, number two sin of this movie is the dude cannot direct action. Right. Sure. And I think you yeah. get that with this heat aping opening, and I'm just lost immediately because it's so incoherent and low energy. It's, it's very so confusing. When they have the helmets and the goggles on, and Jeremy Renner and Colin Farrell look exactly the same with these extreme close-ups of their eyes, and I can't. The first time I watched it, I thought Farrell was the one that shot the woman. The first time I watched it, because I watched that scene twice, because I was like, literally, what's happening here? The first time I watched it, uh, I thought Farrell was the one who shot the woman, and also I didn't register that he he shot the woman. What's so funny? Because two seconds. Because it's so funny. Because two seconds later, we're in the fucking. They're in Fuller's office or whatever, and. And they're like, what do you think you're fucking doing? We're saving a woman from getting fucking shot. You shot you uh, shot. That is not the Clark Johnson having an inability to direct action is a big blight on this movie. Because I do think the hangout stuff works a little better. Sure. It's, it does, but they don't to, to tie it back to like the Fast and the Furious franchise that you just referenced. It's like there are elongated yeah. sequences of that franchise of just the people getting to know each other. Yes, and this kind even, of like mini competitions happening, and that doesn't necessarily happen here. Even in the first one. The first one is yes, honestly mostly a hangout in the first movie. one. The, the first one has the first two one action is, scenes. Yeah. 
the yeah. first one is like completely predicated on that concept for the entirety uh, that's of why the film. it's yeah. a perfect movie uh the real problem with swat is that this movie was written by david ayer right yeah i david ayer having to gonna, write that's what i was PG gonna say 13 um having and, to write having to write for pg-13 but also having to there's obviously like a lot of i think ideological issues with ayer's films like oh, the longer God. you stretch it to his career but i think he's very hampered by the fact that um the the it's just like a for a nebulous foreign agent is the bad yeah actor in the film and aside from one cop like the cops truly are like the hero of the silly city that protect yeah. the liberties of everybody that resides there i will say i do think probably this script got rewritten a lot from whatever david ayer did not oh, just yes. because it's pg-13 but also because the movie never likes pumps the brakes to just be really racist against mexicans <laughs> yeah. uh so it can't it can't be that much of a david ayer script well it, my my it never it pumps the brakes it does uh, some drive-bys. Um, no, no, it does drive-bys. But a does, David Ayer movie has gonna gonna have a ten-minute scene it, that is what, at least the, that is just the most like, hackneyed cholo jokes you ever heard in your sure, life. Sure, there's also this Colin one, Farrell's not doing cholo, which every other Ayer film has the white guy doing cholo. I didn't even yeah. clock that that was a thing, a bullet we dodged in this movie. But Bro, you're that's right. every other David Ayer you're movie. You right. have Shia LaBeouf, you have Christian right. Bale. They're has all doing anyone, Cholo. Jake Gyllenhaal, dude. Jake ever, Gyllenhaal does Cholo. And- has anyone ever had a career built so strongly off a of fraudulent credit as David Ayer? Because it's an open secret mm. that he barely wrote Training Day. Yeah. Because Oren man. Moverman wrote Training Day and got fired off Training Day, and David Ayer rewrote that script. Well, my guess for this film is that because um, a, a movie version of this show had been in the works for so long that my guess is most of this stuff was in a script that was written like a decade or two decades before David Ayer even came yeah. onto this project. Who do we think directed Sabotage? Man has one good movie like hanging out know. in his filmography. I don't know what the <laughs> other credits on Sabotage are. I mean, End of Watch has interesting things. I like End of Watch. Watch, End of Watch. End of Watch is so weird. I've never End watched. End of Watch is very strange. I've never seen End of Watch because I, I can't bring myself to figure out what Ayer's going to do to Michael Pena in that movie. Dude, I don't want to think about it. You should you know watch what, it. You know what makes SWAT a better movie? If Michael, Michael Pena, Pena is. In, if Michael yeah. Pena, yeah. Most movies would be better if Michael Pena was in this. Michael Pena is not in this movie, unfortunately. If Pena played the LL Cool J role, it's at minimum 10% better, right? Um, it's a completely different character, though. If but Pena I think that's the cool energy you want out of that character. Who did like, I read that it was to offered to? Funny Vin Diesel, I think it was offered Vin to. Diesel. Nightmare. Yeah. That would have sucked so much. Vin Diesel. <laughs> it is interesting then, like, if you're talking about the 21st century movie star, the, the different names who were attached to this movie... Well, this Let's, was a, this was initially supposed to be like a spiritual successor to Fast and the Furious. Uh, on it is yeah. clear that that is the vibe it is going for. Yeah. Um. Let me just blow through the plot synopsis, and then we can talk about 
I don't know the other names who were attached to this movie. How long do you need for this one? Like eight seconds? seconds, seconds? (laughs) Uh, I'm going to need to spend like an hour on the first 20 minutes of this movie. And then like five seconds for the rest of it. Yeah, that is true. Before you do, before you do. Yeah. And I've seen it a dozen times, but I'd never, and and it's not a strong comparison because I started watching the movie. I was like, it's falling off from this, but how similar sort of the setup is to Top Gun. Yeah. Yes, because they get yeah pulled into yeah. the office immediately. Pulled in, did you watch? And then there's the, the, um... but there's a breakup, but then it's all yeah. You have to go back. You instead of being honored, it's you have to go back and you and you have to go to the school. Yeah, meet the buddies and oh, train, fuck. and then it's all mission in the back half. You're right. And then well, in that Top sense, Top Gun it does, is yeah. mission in like the last five minutes. Mission in the last five, which minutes, is why that sure. movie's so good. Yeah, but then in that sense, it's like as that movie was it, oh, a launching fuck. point for Cruise putting feral in here yeah. and this sort of same type. No, no, no. But this is interesting because I did in fact, I did not make that connection, but I was thinking about that era cruise when mm-hmm. I watched this movie. It's the spiky hair. It's the spiky black hair. Yeah, but I wasn't thinking too. of it in a flattering way. Okay. <laughs> Clark Johnson literally mentions Top Gun as like one of the influences of this film in the special feature. In the oh my DVD God. Special it, feature. it makes yeah. so much sense. I think he literally says that his intention was Top Gun meets Fast and the Furious. Um, I can't but, remember if Fast yeah. and Furious is actually the second film that he mentions, but it's it's Top Gun meets like another film like that from the era, and to- he definitely says Top Gun. There's there's that kind of like let me think of the way to phrase this. There's there's that particular energy of taking like '90s hood movies and rendering them through. Um, Running those like environments and spaces and tones through the like sleek Hollywood action machine that Fast and the Furious does so well that I think this movie is like taking some swings at. Um, I also want to yeah. say before I get into this, Clark Johnson is a good director. Like I do want to clarify yeah. this. He he hasn't made that many movies and he's mostly an actor. He's a big TV director, but he directed. He directed the first couple episodes of The Wire uh, and is the guy who kind of like set the visual language of The Wire, which is a very visual show. And then he came back and directed the finale of The Wire, which is The Wire is not like an episode show, but if there is a best episode of The Wire, it is probably the series finale of The Wire, uh, which is like kind of a great little mini movie in its own way. I don't know if you guys have seen The Wire. I've seen not the entire thing. But I've yeah. watched a decent amount of it. Um, it's just a but time issue. You me. get what I'm saying? That yeah. like for, for a show that chatty and insular and TV, yeah. it is a very visual show. It, is, it has yeah. to be because because of how dense everything is. That's to convey so much to the camera. He sets a lot of the language for that. And I'm watching this movie and being like, I know this guy can do something like a thousand times more complicated on a much smaller scale. Uh, he's also in this movie. Connor, I know you didn't spot him. Mark, did you spot him? No, I looked for him. Because I, I just know who he is because he was on The Wire as well. So I just I know his face. Um, so I saw him when he showed up and I was like, oh, awesome. He is. Is Wikipedia- he on the airplane? No, I'm going to no. double check this credit because Wikipedia has him credited a certain way. And I wonder if it's how he's actually credited in the movie. Yes, he is. Deke's handsome partner. He is LL Cool J's partner who gets the frying pan thrown in his face, who's like 20 (laughs) years too old to be the cop. 
Oh my god, dude! I I think I did. I think I did spot it, and then I just completely yeah. That's that's yeah. Clark Jackson. Was a really funny cameo because I had known what he looked like, and I think yeah. watching. I think now that you say it, when I was watching the film, I was like, I think that's Clark Johnson. Then it completely left my memory. Yeah. Um, once I was finished, it's a, it, it's fun. It's it's a fun little cameo. I like that he calls himself the handsome partner. Like that's hey man, you gotta do what you gotta do. You gotta do what you gotta do. All right. I'll, what I'll say about him directing this is that the closer I get personally to seeing like the inner workings of the Hollywood machine, the more when you look at these like direct for hire jobs, you yeah. can't, when they're good, you can't put a lot of it on the director. And when it's bad, you really can't put like any of it on the director in a lot of these cases. I mean, my, my, my counter to that is studio or Hollywood, you know, is, is literally where our tour theory is born is people like Clark Johnson. Yeah. Right? But I think, I think because of the studio, like yeah. because of the, at, like because of the actuality of working within the infrastructure of the studio on the lots around the offices in the vicinity of all these other Hollywood actors um, doing the same type of work. I think there is an aspect in the studio system that's more along the lines of, like I said in an earlier episode, I can't remember which one, but it's more along the lines of um what's going on with like state funded film in Eastern okay. Europe during the cold war where you like the greatest flowering of creativity. To yeah. Like where, ever. where you're given just enough ownership over what you're yeah. doing because the people who are supposed to be overseeing it are overseeing industry and not necessarily overseeing the intricacies of each individual project. And then like through throughout that minimal ownership, you can sew in what you need to sew in. I think the problem with these things is they move so fast. Yeah. They move so fast and they're all done. They're all set up through run through companies that like even even in projects where the director is an instigator of the project getting made. Some of them are moving so fast. I imagine that phone booth is kind of like this. Phone booth is moving so fast that the stuff that doesn't work, even when the director notices that it's not working on the day when they're doing it, they just do not have the resources or the time to actually fix what's happening. Um, yeah. So I will, I will concede. I will concede. I am the one person on this episode who does not work in television. Uh, and probably doesn't know as much as what he's talking I, about. I barely do. So, yeah, but still. it's close. I, no, I, yeah, it was I've interesting seen it though. close up enough. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. It was interesting from, from, cause I, I work on a cop show that uh, just, ju just to look at all the weird shit they choose to do in this movie or the weird shit, the way they choose to paint the police in this movie. I work on a very yeah. like, oh, like just bumping cop show. And in this, like, do you want to say what they it do is? get like yeah, Chicago PD? But like here, like they get like, you know, it's like they just do some weird shit. I don't know. Yeah, the politics of this movie are buck wild, especially knowing that he's coming off the first couple <laughs> episodes of The Wire. Yeah. Uh, and th there is a line in this movie that I am like writing the fucking seven notebooks about because I can't crack the meaning behind it. What? <laughs> Let me plot synopsis and then I'll get into yeah, sure, this. Sure, sure, the plot sure, sure. So plot synopsis. The motion picture SWAT, gonna burn through this. Colin Farrell plays SWAT officer Jim Street. He and his partner Brian Gamble Jim Street. Are, built for the are, street. Yeah, he and his partner Brian Gamble, who's played by Jeremy, a young Jeremy Renner, are on an LA SWAT team. Uh, one day during a hostage situation, their cowboy shit uh, gets a hostage shot, and they are both demoted. Uh, the demotion is really just to get Street to break from Gamble, who's the real wild card. 
but Street won't throw his partner under the bus, which is pointless because Gamble assumes that he got thrown under the bus anyway. They fight and Gamble quits the police force. Six months later, Street is still working a dead-end job in the equipment locker when badass ex-SWAT guy Sergeant Hondo, played by Sam Jackson, is relocated to the SWAT unit to rejuvenate it. Uh, Hondo puts together a team of young, tough shit kickers, including Officer Sanchez, played by Michelle Rodriguez, and Officer uh, K, played by Ella Cool J, and also brings Street back into the fold. They bond as a team. They go through their training missions. It's all very Top Gun, but bad. Uh, And then they are cleared to be a SWAT unit. In the meantime, a French drug lord has come to New York to take over the last aspects of the international heroin trade, I'm assuming. Murder um, his Italian uncle. From his Italian <laughs> uncle, but gets arrested uh, after a traffic stop. He manages to send out a threat that there's a $100 million reward if anyone can break him out. Uh, and so the SWAT <laughs> team has to es- uh, keep him under lock and key from all these criminals who are trying to break him out. Eventually, the SWAT revealed- team does. I'm sorry, not a thing the SWAT it. team does. <laughs> Eventually, it is revealed that Gamble, along with Officer McCabe, played by Josh Charles, who's still in the team, are the two in charge of orchestrating this breakout. And the SWAT team is left pinned under fire as Gamble and McCabe try to sneak this drug kingpin out of the country, climaxing in a big fight. They kill the bad guys. They're a big team now. The theme song plays. What do you want from me? Richard Gere <laughs> kills the French guy with a snow globe. Dominic Lombardazzo, Lombardazzi from The Wire shows up for two seconds. And I'm like, ooh. And then he just dies without saying a word. And I'm like, I'm gonna get Dang. real close. I'm going to get real close to the mic for this one. Please such go. little SWAT shit happens in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Them being a SWAT team has such little to do with the action beats of this yeah, movie. It's, it's, it's yeah, it's, yeah. They don't actually do SWAT techniques. So the premise of the character Hondo. Played by Samuel L. Jackson. There's no fucking world in which Jim Street does not know who Sergeant Hondo is. First of all, it's only yeah, six Yeah, that's months. insane. Okay, if we want to go down plot holes, let me say, the big plot hole here is that Jim Street, played by Colin Farrell, is in 28-year-old ex-Navy SEAL. It's true. Which is not a thing. Yeah. I don't, don't think he's ex- supposed to be 28. I don't think the he's character's just supposed a, to be He's just an ex-Navy SEAL. Because okay, first of all, first his girlfriend's of all, was David I don't, Ayers, you don't, you know, okay. like... I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm basing this off his age. First of all, uh, uh, SEALs go into consulting gigs. They don't, they don't join the SWAT unit, right? No. Second of all, get second the of all if there is a fucking Navy SEAL who wants to be on your SWAT team, you do not let him languish in the fucking equipment case for six months. Third of all, if there is a fucking Navy SEAL in the LAPD, that man does never get made fun of once. It's true. It is, right. a, it is an asinine character detail meant to justify why he he's so good at tactics. My favorite beat of the whole movie is when they're on the fucking gun range and boxer. They're like, oh, you, I'll bet, you know, $200 whatever fucking that guy kicks your ass at this. And they all go, our fucking gun bunny. Hey, six months ago, you you all saw you know who he you is. all thought he was the most dangerous one on the team. Yeah, because he was everybody crazy. seems to seemingly forget that because he was on the breach team. Yeah, there's if they were all in the like, again, lockdown, and he was on the breach team in uh, the initial one of those opening of the film. Super clean things. One of the guys in the SWAT team is your ex girlfriend's brother. Like these people don't not know you. 
which Dude. I did not get at first either when they when they, he makes the joke of like your mother liked it last night and then Kyle Farrell says yeah and so did your sister so and then even sister? when he's like what is your brother's car doing outside I had yeah. no idea I did not put it together that boxer was at her actual brother until so way later in the film there's a character I, I'm gonna keep going back to the wire because I don't think it's I think it is kind of interesting that Johnson's doing these two projects at once there's this character on the wire named Lester uh, who is like maybe the best character on the wire? I'm blanking on the name of the actor. Hold on. Uh, he was in. He was into Five Bloods. Um, he's played by Clark Peters, the great, the great oh. character actor Clark Peters. But he's yeah. a character named Lester Freeman, who's introduced in like the first or second episode of the show. And the idea is that this guy like sits down, like working like stolen property reports like checking in on like fences and such he's just in a dusty basement in the middle of nowhere and has been there for 30 years and the reason he's been in a dusty basement for 30 years is that he's actually such a good detective that he pisses off every administrative official in the baltimore pd and he's got a shit job for it and now like the idea of him getting moved to the major crime unit is like oh they've been sitting on like fucking hercule poirot this whole time and they've never let him do his shit. I think that's the vibe this movie wants to do with having a Navy SEAL working a shit gig and getting discovered by Sam Jackson. But you can't do it when it's been six months and you can't do it when you intro this character as being like fucking dirty hair, right? Yeah. Um, it doesn't click. You're already thinking too much about this movie I, more than the movie requires. I know I think am. About it. Okay, but you want to talk about me thinking too much about this movie? This movie is set in Los Angeles. This movie is set in Los Angeles in 2003, 2002. This movie is very much about the need for police who are going to like kick ass, right? And like yeah, skirt man, the rules. The streets are getting run down by drugs and violent It kind of like celebrates police brutality in this really weird way. Hell I don't yeah, know if brother. you guys know anything about the uh, Los Angeles Police Department in the 1990s. I like, again, but like, it goes out of its way to make fun of that one fucking straight vegetarian cop. There's one cop who's like, you're going to have to get a little dirty, brother. Yeah. And they, there, and like, there's one cop who's like the highest scoring cop of all time and who is basically introduced as being like, no, I care about the people and I want to like help them. And like Sam Jackson all but calls him a faggot. It's true. Right? Like it's just a series of gay jokes for the rest of the scene. But Especially coming off training day, right? The air road training day. I think this movie also has to be in the lineage of training day. Training day is such a movie for all that it's like a pulp junkie action movie. It is a movie about how like the LAPD is brutal and depraved, right? It's, it's rooted in so many of yeah. these actual scandals that were happening in the late 90s about LAPD gang enforcement guys functionally running the drug trade and, and acting like organized criminals. When Samuel L. Jackson's character gets relocated to SWAT, they say he's coming off of Rampart. Do you know what Rampart is? No idea. That is the actual real world scandal that Training Day is based off of. Oh, that's that shit. That's the fucking LAPD maybe killed Biggie shit, right? He's, uh... That's what fucking San Andreas is based on. Grand Theft Auto San Andreas is based off of. When we are talking like the big police corruption scandals of the 1990s, that is the Rampart scandal. That is the crash scandal. That is the LA gang unit fucking running the streets. And this movie is like, woo, he beat the case. Now he can get back on the streets. And I'm sitting there being like, 
is this David Ayer being a weird fascist? Is this a weird like joke on Clark Johnson's part that we're not supposed to take this movie's like pro-police brutality politics seriously? Like it's such a weird tossed off line. Yeah. I don't, it's driving me crazy. That's wild. I don't know what to make of that. I don't know what to make of it. This movie thinks that all, all police should have like wanton impunity to beat criminals with like a fucking door handle, right? Yeah, that's fucking crazy. Yeah. But the movie does also like, like I, I don't know, like I feel like the way, like the way this movie, the cops don't put up with like being called pigs. They're just yeah. called pigs and it's yeah. LA and they get frying pans thrown at them. But they also, I don't get, know like, if this movie is like, procession. Like, the police, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> as like, point. I don't know if it's treating them as just like, look, the police are a function of our society and there are guys, there's a division of them who think they're super fucking cool. And everybody else who isn't in that fucking team is dumb. And they're just, you know, one yeah. of them beat cops. I do that- feel like it sidesteps it a little bit because the SWAT team isn't involved in, in like all the things they, that you associate yeah. with police dealings, the SWAT team's not necessarily involved in. The SWAT team is just like, we have this really dangerous situation. Just like throw in the danger superhero guys. team is yeah. what they are. They're like, yeah, it, it, yeah. it is it's more not- that, that whole, we're putting the team together stuff. Like they don't have to distinguish who good guys and bad guys are. They don't yeah. have to, they don't have to make decisions that are going to affect the like welfare of a community they're literally just thrown in to like shoot people who have yeah. guns pointed at they make fun of I that mean, mormon cop. first of all there's that mormon guy yeah. in the gun cage that this guy's a fucking, which they you don't know? understand though those tenets of mormonism by the way no i know so i always yeah because what does he say love... he can't have like a he can't have a cheeseburger or something like that so, so, no, no, street it, gives yeah. him so much shit for the hamburger and the dr pepper and there's like i drew my body like an amusement park and you're like, yeah, why yeah. are you giving him so much fucking shit then? So I, I was also like, maybe you shouldn't Jim Street because then you wouldn't be puking off the pier when you go on your run in the morning. Like they there's, show. There's a tenet of Mormonism that, and apologies if I if I don't get this 100% straight. And I, I, I know I've heard some Mormons say that this is actually like a, a topic of some disagreement, but there's a tenet of Mormonism that you're not supposed to consume any like mind altering beverage. And, and, some people take that to mean not just alcohol, but also anything with caffeine in it. Yeah. So Mormons don't Which drink caffeinated I don't tea. Think Dr. I think Pepper that is has. true. Well, that, Dr. Pepper does have caffeine. Oh. But so this yeah. cop introduced himself by being like, I'm a Mormon who cheats because I drink soda sometimes. And that's the first cap of the joke. And the Dirty second cap of the cow. joke is that he eats fast food, which is nothing to do with that Mormon concept, right? They're just. It is like it's it's just just a like lazy every, joke. Uh, everybody who isn't a cop gets a frying pan thrown at them, gets me yes. from being a vegetarian, is yeah. sort of like a schlubby gun cage guy. Yes. The idea but of this... like working as a police, you know, like any, yeah. like any just yeah. sort of normal police job is so beneath being you, on this. You said though, Connor, that like they're they're kind of free from having to know who the good guys and the bad guys are. But I think, yeah, I mean, I don't first really of all, mean that, but you know, I, 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 no, yeah. no, no, I, I understand the point you're making, but my counter to that is that they are also shown as being before they are put in that position as being the only people who do truly understand who the good guys and the bad guys are right it, in a way that's very fascist that like, that's what, what earns them the right to like be in this sanctified superheroic position is the fact that. Michelle Rodriguez will beat the shit out of a guy she's she's acquiring or like 
when fucking Octavia Spencer is haranguing LL Cool J for yeah. selling out his race. He's yeah. like, I'm the thin blue line who protects you from getting robbed, lady. You're stupid. I'm cool. And it's that. He says, you're not going to, he says, yeah, see if you're such a liberal when he's breaking into your yeah, fucking house. Yeah, exactly. It's that fucking, like, it's, I'm sorry. This movie's entire attitude is Sam Jackson saying it's Giuliani time and shaft. Right, <laughs> which is like the most horrific thing, and obviously, I just saw, I just saw fucking a thousand and one. So that line is like, <laughs> yeah, right. That line oh, is God, like, God, pretty the, sidebar. The, the, How the linger, good the is a thousand of Giuliani over yeah. a thousand and one? How fucking is good like, is a thousand and one? Incredible. Yeah, have you seen a thousand and one yet, Connor? Yeah, I actually did PR on it for a little bit. Oh, cool. It's, yeah, I'm so bummed that it's getting kind of like quietly dumped. Because I think I know, it's one dude. of the best. It was one of the best movies of the year, and it's just sticking with me so much. Every day I would go on, I would have to do these days. So I, for like a couple months in between uh, one job I was doing and the job I currently have, I was helping a PR company do their like daily press reports. And uh, 1001 was one of the ones that we were covering, I think specifically for the New York market. But it was like every day I would go on, there'd be like store, hundreds of stories about like the Mafia Mama trailer. Yeah, dropping, and then a thousand one had nothing, and, and it won Sundance. I don't, I don't understand. I, I don't. I can't like, comprehend. It, yeah. I mean, I'll tell you, it just got dumped. Like that's just anyway. It's also but, like a bad time for it to be released. Like a I just terrible. Don't, I really just don't get it. You yeah. you open that movie in September, and it probably still doesn't do better at the Oscars, but it. Um, or even but like think, two weeks earlier than it had. Been. I think more people would have an appetite to see it than, yeah. than they do now. Really yeah. special movies see it when it goes on home video. Tiana Taylor is fucking insane. In that movie, yeah. Um, look, the, kid, all, yeah, the kids are so good too. The kids are so good that the dads, everyone's really good in that movie. But Shadow Taylor great. is like just burning the house down. Yeah. Um, and the score is incredible. Look, all cop movies are fascist to a degree, right? It's like the trick of the trade. It's true. I can't yeah. place it. There is something particularly noxious about this one, and I think it's how silly it treats it all. And and I I was thinking of. Well, it, I think it's, it's not as it, bad Cole, as single part of it. Shaft. No, it's not because but there's there's like actual political stuff happening in Singleton Shaft. Singleton is Shaft is like one of the most noxious movies ever made. Yeah, it's also just what are they doing to the character of Shaft? It's, that's that and that's that's an what issue. it is. Yeah, and this one, I think, what's bothering you so much is just simply the fact that um, they're their value as a cop, especially when you're putting it in relation to the vegan guy that they just shit on for like five minutes, their entire, their entire value as officers of the law is based in how dangerous they are and how violent they're capable of being. And that's, you know, what's more fascist than that really when you're getting down to it or authoritarian. And the way it paints the whole fucking city in the end is just being so fucking gullible, you know, that anybody would believe a hundred million dollar offer on live television and pick yeah. up fucking bazookas you know what i'm saying yeah. what do they think's so, gonna happen I mean, this guy's it's, gonna it's, hand them cash it makes, them, so fucking dumb. Lock it makes yeah. them look so fucking dumb it's the same that thing that happens would, in john wick 4 it would just too. turn into like fucking escape from new york in yeah. the third act where it's like there's that movie have you guys seen that richard donner movie 16 blocks with Willis ah, and, yeah. and yasin bay of it. yeah kind i've of never it. seen that but that's kind of the same premise as the end of this right where where they got to like transport someone and everyone in the city is trying to bust him out. Pretty it's much, Bruce yeah. Willis and Yasin Bay. Yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, FKA Mostaf. 
I mean, yeah. the middle of the Dark Knight has a sequence that's very similar yeah. to the it's end of It's a good this film. premise yeah. for a movie. I mean, it's it's the third act of two John Wick movies. You know, mm-hmm. like yeah, but when you take when you take that premise again, like from the Dark Knight, yeah, and you compare it to the way it's choreographed in this. And you're just lost in this. You have like no spatial Man. awareness of where they are. Like, where and we're going. comparing it to a Christopher Nolan movie. Yeah. So if the spatial awareness <laughs> is bad, you know it's bad. 21 Blocks is kind of the inverse of it. Where it's, yeah. You know, 21 Bridges. 21 Bridges, Blocks. Okay. Uh, you have now mentioned two movies that I thought of Colin's performance in. Mm-hmm. I kind of want to get into the Colin of it all. Sure. Unless you had anything more you wanted to say about the fascism stuff. Connor, no. I'm sure that will all perch back up. Yeah, I mean, I, it'll creep back out of there. Part I of it, think, I think, is wrapped up in his performance too, yeah. in a similar way to like you're taking a guy who has spoken, who's been very upfront during interviews of being like, I do not understand American politics, and it's not going to happen anytime soon. Jeez. And they keep placing him in these movies with like, nice. like he's been in movies with like contextual issues concerning the Civil War, and he's been in movies. Like contextual issues concerning 9-11 and it's just so funny that he's he like clearly doesn't understand the political weight of what he's doing in any of these films Colin Farrell is terrible in this movie he's so fucking weird he's not weird at all I don't get what you're saying he is so empty he is completely ignorable Josh Charles sparks harder than he does I think he's asked to do very strange to give off he, very he strange just dialogue. like looks at people the like dialogue is weird because it's air it's air dialogue which yeah. is like pulpy and strange i was thinking about chadwick and 21 bridges one of the great movies truly right. connor i don't know if you've seen 21 bridges dude it's like all timer of the last it's, six yeah, years it's, it's, of you know it's so fucking good chadwick is asked to do so little but radiate steel intensity in that movie. And that he does that and makes that character so like morally complex and like complicated while still just being this almost like stone wall of a performance is so thrilling. We talk about movie startup because again, I am coming back to this thing that Justin Stellmaker said in the Minority Report episode where he threw out the question of is Colin Farrell a movie star? And, and I'm thinking of that in that capital M, capital S movie star question to some degree to be a movie star you have to be able to anchor a movie like swap i think every time they ask colin to do it he shuts down and he can't hang the way bruce willis can hang bruce willis can do this stallone can do this bozeman could do this denzel can do this that is not to say those guys also can't give dynamic exciting performances we know colin can give dynamic exciting performances but this is a skill set he does not have and the reason i was thinking about top gun is how fucking good tom cruise is at that even though tom cruise is fucking insane and every performance he's ever given is insane he fucking can hold down a movie like no one else can yeah, and I this think character in comparison I, is like you do not pull need it to give i don't you know do not need to off. give tom cruise a good character you do not need to give Denzel Washington a good character. No, but he's just given stuff in Top Gun. And Farrell's sure. giving, like, nothing in this movie. Sure. Is Bozeman given that much in 21 Bridges? I think he's given enough where... There's a he, little more... He's at, least, he's at least calling shots in a way where all of that is put on Jackson in this film. 
and not Maybe. give it to Farrell. Maybe. Jackson yeah. is also half asleep, but that's the Jackson magic, right? Yeah, this is a that big... he'll just fucking, you never know if he's going to be good in a movie or not. This is a big paycheck um, for him here. This is a paycheck. I yeah. just think I liked him in Hearts War. And there's something about playing off Willis. I liked him in Hearts War, but I'm thinking about American Outlaws. I'm thinking about I'm thinking about the recruit. You know, I'm thinking about this, right? These real square jawed leading man role he's getting handed. I don't think he has it in him. He shuts he down. Looked, he, he doesn't like, try. No, dude, he plays every single scene in this movie. Like if he just like was like having a conversation with someone and then he picked up his gun and shot them, you like that's what he was thinking about for the past no, two minutes. I, I I'm calling bullshit on <laughs> this he's, because I think it is. No, he no, is, because that's the more along the lines of Mark. It. That's he is, to give he is so empty, and he no, is just kind of looking at people like he's bored and he's playing the scene like, yeah. I think I want to eat this person. That's the performance you know he saying? gives of Veronica that's Garrett. That's he's playing Bullseye. this movie. He's like, Bullseye. I think no, no, I, yeah, but he's can't. a movie star in Daredevil. But that's what I'm saying. In Daredevil, he's going freak shit, right? Because they're like, go be weird. Take right. all this stuff That's what I'm weird. saying. And, you know? if, if you ask Colin Farrell to do that, he can do it. And I will say he can give like nuanced, layered, quiet, dramatic roles and he has sometimes yeah. given those in junky hollywood movies later no. down in his career i think he's really great in dumbo right he's he's kind of playing like a sensitive <laughs> dad role in dumbo i haven't it's, seen dumbo in, in dumbo does he also do more peanuts <laughs> no but that's what i'm saying you can't tell me this is a freak performance when he shot this around when he shot daredevil mark it's true you can't say that mark I don't, I don't know. I think Mark. Look, look, Mark, when was the last movie, time you watched Daredevil? When was the last time you watched Daredevil? Two thousand seven, probably. Okay, I'm going to remind you about some movie I watched. He, he does not I have. Watched. He does not have a line a of dialogue in his first scene in Daredevil. So instead, he's just he does. No, he doesn't. In his first scene in Daredevil, when he's in the pub and he's he throwing the dice. A bit. Oh, the pub. No, no, no. He doesn't have any lines. His so first he line just is growls. Yeah. Yes, he just growls and grunts his way through that first scene. That's what a weirdo does. What he's doing in this is he's maybe having some fun with some of the dialogue, but I, he checks out when you ask him to do this. And a real movie star has to do the Tom Cruise thing. He gets really I bad just hate, whenever I he's in a shouting doing... match with someone. Whenever yeah. he gets in a shouting match with Renner or... You, know... you put Renner in this role, this movie's better. I'm sorry. Because you put Renner in this role and he gives you the Hurt Locker performance. I think that's what I'm saying. I don't think he does, though, because I think think this movie is just not built for that. Like, the core structure of this film and the way they make this film is just not built for that at all. A movie star transcends the material. I don't believe that. I don't believe that take. I'm not a follower. Paul Paul Walker. Paul Walker does this better. Paul Walker nails this role. You can't tell me Paul Walker doesn't nail this role. I think Paul Walker, Paul Walker, with his like blue eyes and blonde hair just looks more green than yeah, Farrell sure. does. I think there's like an aesthetic fact to Farrell to Walker in this role that would work better. Sure. Um, but I just don't, I, I like you can't compare this movie to Top Gun when Top Gun has all this stuff in it that's working and this movie has nothing that's working. So you can't really compare what he's asked to do to what yes. Cruz is asked to do. Okay. You know, Can I compare this movie to 20 to two guns, the Denzel Washington movie. Yeah, I guess so. Because you know what movie's given Denzel nothing? It's two guns. You know yeah, but Denzel rules? is in it's the two guns. Samuel L. Jackson part in that movie, you know? 
Sure, but I, yeah. I it's Mark I don't Wahlberg. Think we need to think Do you leave two guns and you're like, well, oh, man, I Mark don't want to. I don't want to consider yeah. Wahlberg because Wahlberg is a bad actor. Like that's think about the it problem way. with Wahlberg. Think about it this way, though: the people that we've been comparing him to in a lot of these, like, yeah. does Affleck work in this role? Yes. If he, if Affleck tries, yes. But we said that thing about Affleck is Affleck will, Affleck will shut down material dependent, right? Like does he'll Damon phone something. This. Like, I don't know. Because the Damon's a little freak, though, right? This role's just asking for nothing, though. You know what I I mean? I think a movie star doesn't need a role that's going to ask him for something or her. I think you need, I think you need some opportunity. Case in point, that movie, that Jonah Hill movie that just came out with Eddie Murphy, and Eddie Murphy's literally asked to do nothing throughout the entire film. And is fucking, he's horrible in it. Incredible. No, are you kidding me? No, that's the perfect analogy. That's the perfect fucking analogy. Bro, this is the Eddie Murphy story. The fucking 48 hours wasn't working until they told him to fucking turn it on, right? The script for 48 hours gave him nothing to do and it wasn't clicking. And the second Walter Hill said, fuck it, just go. And he started improving. That's when the movie worked. But right? I think if I think if you had somebody ask that of Farrell, then you get a performance in this. But, where but, but the just story like, is that Eddie was trying to with do it. that. The story yeah. is that Eddie was trying to do that and they were saying no stick to the script and eventually they realized no, the script's giving him nothing. He's the star. Let him go. This I is know, the Eddie point. Not... Has Eddie Murphy ever been bad in a movie? I think the answer's no. He's been offensive in movies. You don't think he's bad in Norbit? I've never seen Norbit. <laughs> What's uh, he's, he's, is it he's Mr. Real Church? Fucking... What? Never seen, seen Mr. Church. He's probably he's, really he's good not, in it. He's not bad in Mr. Church. I mean, yeah, he's Mr. so Church. good in you people. What are you talking about? That movie's unwatchable. I think he's, he's horrible. On screen. I can't bring he's... myself to watch that movie. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I can't bring myself he's to fucking... do it. As Cole said, I'm it's maybe in... the most anti-Semitic movie of the last I'm not there in the year it, it, It's It's <laughs> wildly anti-Semitic. It's insane. Um, And I think he's bad in it. I think Eddie Murphy's no, bad. No, Eddie, Eddie's fucking cooking. I'm like, I watched that movie and I'm like, oh my God, Eddie, you're so good. You're the best guy. To, you're the best movie star of all time, Eddie. That's what I was thinking while I was watching that movie. I don't get that from Colin. When I look I at acting and I look Colin. at the relationship between acting and directing, I think there's an aspect of directing that's similar to coaching in sports where you need sure. to play, you need to steer the, like you, if you run a system, you still have to steer that system towards the skill set of who you're working with. And I don't think Farrell's the kind of guy that's going to go off on his own based on what we know about him, that he kind of will give himself over to a director. So in that sense, if the director asks him to start playing with it more, I think he would do it, but the director needs to actually ask that of him. But you think Mark Johnson? No, but he's also so, no, exactly. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying that's, I don't think that's a reflection of his movie stardom. And I, I also think at this point in his career, because he's like, even though he's been in uh, what, what number, what podcast is this? This is like 10. Yeah. Is so, 10, so he's like in his 10th film in like four years, but at the same time, he, he didn't do like, he didn't have like a long standing theater education building up sure. to this point. I think he's still green to the sense that he's uncomfortable with maybe going out and doing that on his own without being prompted to. And he's learned some stuff from Pacino that we see in like maybe Daredevil and, and Veronica Guerin. Um, he's not putting I that think... play here, but I think it's like one of those things where it's like, I don't, I don't agree with the Babylon stance of like movie started and you have it or you don't. 
and it's oh, like up for though. everybody else. No, I don't think that's true. I think there's an aspect of it that you need to learn and you need to develop sure. as you're like maneuvering sure. in Hollywood. I think he's deep enough in and has worked with enough pros that if he had it, he had it. And I, I, I don't know. I don't think a director needs to drag a performance out of someone. I think Colin is a good enough. That's actor. literally the job of the director, though. No, the no, the it's job of the director job. is to shape the performance. It's not to claim the performance. And I think you're insulting Colin. I, I think it is disrespectful to Colin to not acknowledge that the bad performances are also on his his back too. Because if the bad performances aren't his back, the good performances aren't on his back either. And I no, think no, no, no. it's not when but, I but watch the, the good is, performances. I don't think that this one is horrible. Like I don't I think, think this performance is horrible. Nothing. There's because nothing I think to it's it. like for all the sports fans out there, it's like watching Daniel Jones just like check down on third down, play after play after play when he has no offensive line. Like that's what it seems to me. It's like he's just making do with what he's been asked of. He could do more, but he's not put in the position where he's like really capable of going out there. So, to, to, but like this is kind of to is it. this case closed for you, Cole? Like is this case closed? Is what case closed on the movie star question for Colin Farrell? I don't know, man. It's a it's a question. But I mean, if you're you know, if you're putting out there that the movie stars have it, they don't need the material. They are undoubtedly watchable. You know, yes. if he's if he's giving a performance that is not like inherently watchable. Yes. In this movie. Yes. Off of playing an action star, you know, yes. who has sort of like built in tenets to his character where it's like that guy should be watchable because he's kind of a rogue. Yes. He's kind of, you know what I'm saying? And he can't even sell that. Is that kind of case closed? Not a movie star. I mean, I don't know. Deliver that. It's where I'm only okay, but move a movie, star, which is why it's so interesting to me. He's not playing this like a movie star. He's playing this sure. like a character actor. This is what we said about Leonardo for something. You know what I'm saying? He feels like he's in a. I've not, you know, I haven't dug in as far as you guys have here. Yeah. I have sort of an early 2000s perspective of him. Are they? Is his just agents and studios putting him up with big names with crews? Yeah. Similar At this point, stars career, like Ben Affleck, 100%. who he can bounce off of, Samuel Jackson, Pacino, people who he can play. Willis. You know, let's put this young hot guy we have, put him against Pacino, and let him bounce off Pacino, and let him fucking yes. pop. You know, he, but he doesn't. If, That's exactly. the thing. So because you know, I don't yeah. know if he's a movie star. He's he's an actor. This is what this is what we this is he's the a, conversation we've been having, right, actor. Connor? He's not a movie star. Yeah, okay, but yeah. like, does Brad I, I I agree with Connor in respect, but I also yeah. agree with Cole yeah. that like movie stars do just have it. Yeah, and does I get Brad this argument pop all the time game? with my friends. You know, oh a movie god, that, like, Brad nobody Pitt's really fucking remembers. so good in Spy Game. Oh my god, no, Brad Pitt's fucking incredible in Spy Game. You shut your mouth. Fucking. The, okay, can, this is. I'm trying to think of emotions. like a similar. I've said this before. It's like a younger and I know actor I've been making guy. the Tony comparisons. There is no director of the modern era who understands movie stars better than Tony Scott, and especially in like the the back half of his career, his movies become him like playing around with the idea of movie stars and that's why spy game is the pit redford movie right it's the pit redford movie mm -hmm. because tony scott understands that if you pair the same guy from two different generations against each other sparks are going to fly in a weird way like tony gets that yeah could i would i wish tony could have worked with con farrell it would have been so interesting but con farrell would have like put on a fat suit and done something weird this yeah, is but like thing. he but i think that's what i'm saying is like he never worked with tony yeah, like, he never worked he's with working Tony. with Clark Johnson and he's working with uh, who did, who did, who did, who did, but he worked with and Joel? he's working with 
What? Who directed the I think, I think you're uncrediting. You're being too rude to Joel Schumacher here. You're always being too rude to Joel Schumacher. I don't think I am. I like yeah, I think Connor, Mark, Mark, I think that question you just posed is kind of the question we're trying to sort out over the show. It's no, and it's a good yeah, but it's I, almost I the think... Paul Newman thing in a way, but Paul Newman mm-hmm. can do both halves of it, right? Yeah. Paul Newman, I just watched this Paul Newman movie, Harper, which is a movie yeah. that's I think was big in its day, but not and hasn't really been reclaimed as this sort of like it is sort of like it's kind of like a precursor to like the long goodbye where it's like a parody of a noir film where it's about a detective yeah. who realizes I fucking hate being a noir movie. It's so, you know, I hate just chasing after one thing. He is so fucking incredible in everything. But in that movie, you're, you, the case of the movie star is so obvious because yeah. it is just one person's personality can carry a whole fucking movie. Here's exact. No, that's exactly it. I don't, as much as I think Colin Farrell is an incredible actor and especially ages into an incredible actor. On the other hand, we do have the Miami vice performance. Like that's the big other question here is what, what, what of Miami vice to, to flip back to the, you were saying, Connor, you asked if Matt Damon could do this movie. I'm going to well, turn it the just tables. would he be I'm memorable. Gonna, if he was I'm going to turn the tables on you. Could Colin Farrell have played the Matt Damon role in oceans 11? Because there's nothing to those characters. There's nothing to those characters, right? Like okay, there, there's. What do you mean? I feel yeah, like there's I mean, a no. lot of personality to Linus. No, no, no. no, no. That, that personality is all. I've got a better one for them. you. I've yeah. got a better one for you because the same era could yeah. have happened. Sure. Colin Farrell born. Yeah. I actually think Colin you know Farrell would have been good in born. Colin Farrell would have done something. I think Colin Farrell does something different in born, and those movies don't work as much, and they're maybe better movies, but they don't. Colin Farrell doesn't nail get some rest. You look tired. Matt Damon is so good and born because Matt Damon looks so fucking soft. And that guy's yeah. so fucking dangerous. That's what's yeah. so good about that. Yeah. I don't so, know. I think you're so right, surprising Mark. how deadly he is in that movie. It is sort of like, yeah. But again, like I know we have the Dumbo performance coming down the line. Maybe he has to age into it. Maybe sobriety is part of it. Like, I do think he gets like demonstrably a better after when he gets sober. Right. He, that is he, true. Like yeah. that's part of it, but that's him becoming a better actor like a capital a actor not a capital ms movie star i don't think to answer your question i don't yeah. think feral works in oceans because i think da- part of the whole thing with oceans is that damon's already friends with those guys before they yeah the damon but I, it's part of it is i don't think feral i don't think feral's friends with them sure which I think is that, different that's types. the whole I think aspect of different types film. i think um, they're different types but i think mm-hmm. that i i think that Feral works in the Bourne movies. I think he'd probably work very well. The movies, it's, it's, but I think the movies would have got. I do want to see him make a movie with because, Soderbergh now. Well, apparently the the Bourne movies, especially the first one with that Lyman directed, were yeah. so like tumultuous because of that process yeah. of making them well, that I I think Feral probably would have derailed them before you hit the yeah. third one because of his the the issues that he's are you, in his personal life. Are you telling me that a Doug Lyman production? Was difficult and complicated? No, I'm saying the obvious. <laughs> Doug that, like, Of course it was difficult because Doug, Doug another, Lyman made that movie. Another thing I think is interesting. This was mentioned in one of the reviews I read of this movie. I can't remember. I think it was Edelstein. Um, this is, as we've been talking about, 2003, when he's got these six movies coming out, is peak Colin Farrell tabloid fodder, right? Where yeah. he is this, this notorious sex pot, hard partying, you know, at the strip club until after closing, constantly hammered, you know, just just 
tabloid case, right? None of that shows up in any of these performances. It's nope. so weird that they're trying to shove like a triangle into a square almost and make him be this clean cut guy. And the one time you start to see some of that more manic energy is bullseye. But again, well, I think, you know, you said Brad Pitt, Brad Pitt, obviously not a very good guy, kind of a piece of shit. You know who weaponizes real life celebrity gossip into like the power of his movie star roles better than almost anyone? It's Brad Pitt. Yeah, but I think yeah. he's given an opportunity to in all of those films that Farrell's not. I think he seizes. You think Doug Lyman gives him an opportunity to do that in Mr. Miss Smith? Or you think he's seizing that? I think Brad Pitt takes it. I think a movie oh, star. I think Mr. Mrs. Smith is like, I think, I think Mr. Mrs. Smith is a fucking rule. No, that was a movie where even my parents, I remember being very conservative about this kind of thing. But even that movie that both of them just being like, uh, that movie looks, their 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 shit is undeniable. Their shit oh is undeniable. God. I could feel my parents anytime like they saw an if, ad for that movie. Just being like, Colin, if Colin was a movie star. This era of tabloid Colin would lead to a fucking his shit is undeniable in one sure. of these movies. And the yeah, only, but this is the, the only, period of let me tell you, this is yeah. the period of Colin's career where he's at being asked to do cool world stuff that Pitt was being asked. Pitt's incredible in cool world. He's what so but nobody gave about? a shit when he made these movies, which is what I'm saying about Colin. No, like he's no, not no, no. Pitt, Pitt, Pitt no, was given the opportunity no, no, no. to like Pitt do stuff good in but, these movies. But, but Pitt likes yeah. good movies. I, I understand why. I understand why Pitt likes Cool yeah. World. He he's a weird enough guy. Pitt I don't picks, know why. Yeah. I, I understand Pitt's choices in movies. I don't understand Colin's choices in movies in this era of his life. I, I don't think, think Colin has bad taste. It, it I don't might, think he had any process to pick it. I don't I know if has, it's I think he has studios bad throwing him at things and trying to yeah. make him pop. Maybe it's because he was under the influence a lot. Tell the one, the one performance of this era where you see the real world energy, I think really crack it, is Phone Booth, a movie that was mm-hmm. shot before that era of Colin as a tabloid fodder. Had I think begun. you also see it in Tigerland. Oh, yeah, you see it in Tigerland. Yeah. No, no, yeah. I'm talking about of the 2003 movies, the one where you feel like you see him playing on his real persona is just a pure coincidence because that movie got pushed. Yeah. He hadn't become that guy yet. He's just acting, right? That's just a performance. But he hadn't become that guy when any of these movies were made. When they He's were made. becoming that guy. Yeah, when know, they were maybe. made, he hadn't made. But it was when these movies are coming out is when he becomes that guy. I'm really excited to see Home at the End of the World. Which is what I'm trying to say. Like, Mr. Yeah. Mr. Smith came out 15 years after Brad Pitt was already, like, a recognizable man in Hollywood. Uh, 20. 20, yeah. yeah. So they have time oh, 15, to play 15. with the public image of him. Like yeah. these, the studios don't even have time to play Tom, with Tom. It's it's crazy uh, again, that Cruz, it's crazy again, that Cruz. I don't think risky worked, business, buddy. I don't think Colin Cruz. worked with the right director to make him pop early on, like a uh, like Will Smith does with, with Michael yeah. Bay. You know what I'm saying? The, I mean, Will Smith was always going to be a movie star. Yeah, it's Joel. You know, look at Will. Look at Will. I'm, I'm thinking of people who like. I'm thinking it. of people who like pop in there. You know, and it's undeniable from the first fucking movie. Hey, Mark. It's yeah. Who directed Risky Business? My point exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no. y- you know. You know what? You know. You, can what? I tell you something about Tom Cruise and Risky Business? He hasn't gotten his teeth fixed yet, and he hasn't gotten the fake chin yet. You know what? Even that doesn't matter. He doesn't have a real director. He's got a bad script. He's got I, a great yeah. score. Don't I, yeah. tell me Tom Cruise hasn't had plastic surgery, Mark. I no, I know he has. <laughs> but I would also argue that Batman is 
that man is like above you you put movie stars here you name your biggest fucking guys and he's at a rung above them so sure, it, it, it's sure. i would it's ask different. you to watch like uh any of the shitty tv movies denzel washington made in the 80s sure would ask you to like note how much more exciting those movies are when denzel's in them again I've seen given what's the fucking nothing. what's the fucking Tom Cruise movie where he plays the football player who gets all the right out. moves. I've I've seen that movie. Yeah. It's it's there from the beginning. Yeah, it's, it's there from the know, beginning. I and I don't think you can credit directors with this, and I don't think you no, can I know, but Johnson I, I, for... I think I think I am there are people where you know, I think I was just thinking of the the fucking Michael Bay quote where he tells Will Smith to rip open the shirt and we're, we're, we're going to play that scene open right now yeah. as you're running down and yeah. people who know how to make people who help frame them. You know what I'm saying? I'm talking about that. Whereas and people you know who photograph them. You're, you're, you, and I don't you're disagree with you, but you know what I'm, I'm talking, talking about? about I'm talking about Vin Diesel telling John Frankenheimer that I'm only taking my shirt off in Vin Diesel movies, right? Vin yeah. Diesel is a bad actor, Yeah, but he's a movie star and yeah. you can't deny that he has it he has capital i it sorry babylon is right babylon is right i don't think so I well agree. i partially i think when it's somebody well. with diesel who I, there's like an aesthetic reality to the movie business so i think with someone like diesel it works <laughs> i think with someone like feral it also works in a way but i think like seeing how good of an actor feral is going to eventually become um like i think he could give a movie star role in a if one, if Hollywood still made these kinds of movies, like the ones that we keep referencing, yeah. and two, if he just he's not he's getting typecast in a in a certain kind of manner at the moment, and I think if somebody had the guts to like cast him in in a movie star movie Why? at this moment in time, I think he would give yeah. the performance that's required of him. It's just I mean, not happening. He, I think it's telling that he's not in Sin City. You know, I'm just gonna put that out there, like. From 2006? Yeah, yeah. I'm talking about this era. I'm talking about this era. I think it's, it's telling that he's not in. It is interesting. Well, he's got to make decisions. And he's sure. working on uh, Miami Clive Owen. Clive Owen, not a very good actor. Maybe a bit more of a movie star. It is interesting that we've been circling around this and we have yet to acknowledge the fact that um, Colin Farrell has literally gotten a job over Tom Cruise because the director preferred Colin Farrell. Um, yeah, something I always yeah. think of as insane. Well, there's other reasons that play into that. Do you not know well. this, Mark? I know there are other reasons. I'm thinking of, I'm trying to... Parnassus. Parnassus. Oh, fuck. Yeah. I yeah, Cruz wanted yeah, that. Cruz volunteered. one of them. Because Cruz, yeah. I mean, th- this is when Cruz's career is at its absolute nadir. Like, this his career is career's the, almost this is over. This the Lions for Lambs. This is the right? Lions it's for the Lambs same, era. It's like, it's the same. Yeah. Um, but I, I, so I think it's part that Cruz just, like, wants a juicy role. Uh, I think it's part that Cruz you know, has his like, we're all in it together for the movies energy. So he wanted to help Gilliam out, but Gilliam said no and went with Colin instead. Uh, true story. We should maybe move on from Colin because... The, the fucking things about him. What are you talking about? I know, but maybe we should talk about other stuff. I mean, it's do you true. want to make more of your case I mean, in reality, the, the we, I, argument? I don't think we've, I don't think we've said this outright, but I think like in reality, part of using him for the premise of this podcast is as like a navigation technique throughout yes. the last 20, 25 years. Oh, and Cole and I are absolutely. 
in one way much more interested in talking about these films and the other people involved in these films than just plainly talking about Colin. I'm also interested in talking about Colin. I may be a little more interested. It's true, but this is an interesting movie to talk about in terms of movie stars as well because you do have the the Michael, you know, the fucking Samuel Jackson factor. Do we want to rush for it? Yes. Rush for it? Yes. Jackson. Okay, what's your Mark's Mark's philosophically opposed to the Mount Rushmore concept? I um, am, I am, because he, he thinks a top four, he thinks a top four is a bad list. I think you need, I think you need a five. You can't. He thinks we need four. a five. I think but I, I like I four. Don't, I don't like even numbers. I like odd numbers. Do you want to? Do you want to set it out? Then? You need. You need a middle. Do you, do you want to set it out? You, you, you need something you, to balance it out. Do you want to not participate? <laughs> no, I'll fucking do it. I'm not a fucking baby. Okay, so yeah, Sam Jackson Mount Rushmore, and then we can talk about Sam Jackson broader. I think four is more interesting. I think four is more fitting because Cole and I have zero interest in being definitive. <laughs> exactly. It's true. Yeah. Then, okay. then we don't have to figure out how to, how to make it an even. So yeah. Mark, here's how this is going to work. Okay. You're going to get the first pick and the last pick. Oh. These are performances, not movies. Okay. Yeah. We do have vetoes, but we're really letting things push. Oh shit. I forgot. I do have an announcement to make though. Sure. I went to, I mentioned this at the top of the episode. Um, this is actually Connor's announcement, but he's too embarrassed to say it out loud. So he asked me what? to say it for you guys. Um, Connor just wants you all to know that in the two weeks since we've recorded the Veronica Guerin episode, he has in fact rewatched the town and he has realized that it is stinky <laughs> dog shit. And he says that he would veto his own pick of the town for Ben Affleck uh, if he could. I, okay, so that's I did not say this is I, not a thing it, that happened. This is you know not... I edit these, right? Yeah. Oh, and this is the other thing. We have to put this on. We were talking about this before we started recording. We have to put this on mic because it's insane. Just because this is like the perfect confluence of our big Ben Affleck fight. Mark, did okay. you know that Adrian Lyne almost directed the town? Fuck. Yeah. Oh, he was gosh. attached to it for several years. He walked because they wouldn't give him enough money. He wanted to make it like a three-hour like city-spanning epic that he compared to Scorsese. Bad idea. Great idea. It's a bad. Oh, I just, that's cool. I think it's a bad yeah. idea. But Adrian Lyne's also a much better director than Ben Affleck. So I don't necessarily know. So obviously, true. air air rules. Have you seen yeah. Jacob's Ladder? Have you seen Jacob's Ladder? Yeah, but like I like. Have that you seen Affleck. Fatal Attraction? <laughs> Have you seen Gone Baby Gone? Yeah, it's, it's a great shit. movie. It's a great I've movie. I've never seen Gone Baby Gone. It's the one it's a great movie. movie I have. I feel like I've seen Live by Night, and I haven't seen fucking Gone. Baby. Live by Night. It goes. It goes. Yeah. Air. Argo. Argo. Gone Baby Gone, Live by Night, The Town. No. The Town? Yeah, no. the Town fucking All sucks. The way That's not true. Down it there? Goes, sucks. It goes The Town, no. and then Argo, and then Air. No, Air And then Gone one. Baby Gone, and then Live by Night. You Actually, else, Gone Baby Gone else? might be above. It might it might go The Town, and then Gone Baby Gone, and then Argo, and then Air. Can, can I just, speaking of Air, can I say someone else who fucking has movie star energy even though he only does character actor roles anymore. And even when he shows up in a character actor role, he's still a fucking movie star who locks down the screen. Chris, Chris Tucker. Chris Tucker. Oh. Tucker. When Tucker is on screen in air, Tucker is the protagonist of air, right? He's yeah, not doing yeah. like a fun, like Messina, Davis, Affleck, they're giving better performances than Tucker is, but they're giving really fun character actor performances. When Chris Tucker's in his like two or three scenes of the movie, he is the protagonist of that movie. It's Same thing with Silver Linings Playbook. He just fucking owns that shit. I know he was on Epstein's plane. Okay, so can still I a ask a question real quick? Yeah. <laughs> what is what is us building 
the the Mount Rushmore together? Is it a conversation? Do we argue it? We can have some back and forth banter, but okay. really, I'm we like can't really. You- yeah, we're not really going to argue the pick unless yeah. unless one it's, of them is vetoed. More if, it's, by it. if it's veto, then you have to make the case for the okay. pick, if, and so then we not, decide if it's actually. If you picked like Phantom Menace, no, I'm not start. I, I wouldn't. I'm just it. saying. I'm thinking about what the first one is that I want to get on a there. Bad Sam Jackson performance, sure. and there are many. I might be like veto, but I'm really giving you carte blanche. I'm going to start with maybe my favorite. Before we move on, I have to, I do have to get a piece of old business out of the way. Yeah. Um, My mom really appreciated that I said that she doesn't like Tom Cruise when we did Minority Report. I have to add that she also doesn't like Ben Affleck because of the way the divorce with Jennifer Gardner went, went, like happened. So he's also on my mom's uh, shit list or hate list. We need to see like Tom Cruise's mom's shit list. Mad respect, mad respect, man. So can I, can I, can I, can I, can I say this, Mark, just to uh, describe the philosophy? Mm -hmm. Last episode, Veronica Garrett, we did our Kate Blanchett. um, uh, Not Rushmore. Our Cape Blanchett Mount Rushmore was Tar, Carol, I'm Not There, Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring. There we go. And- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you like- now, here's the thing. Do I particularly care for her performance in I'm Not There? No. Does Connor particularly care for her performance in Fellowship? No. Would those go on either of our personal top fours? No. But it's a collaborative list. That's what's yeah. fun about it. I like is, the is fact we, of it speaking to an actor's multifaceted. Exactly. You know and I think, yeah. I think the fact that we also give guests a lot of leeway on this sure. leads to more interesting lists than us just having our own top fives would be. Okay. The Lost World, Jurassic Park, it's in there. For it is a, canonically <laughs> one of the four best Steve Spielberg movies. Is The Lost I mean, World, Jurassic Park. Cole mentioned this to me and I appreciate that. Also, our, our we could cannot- just admit we could just admit that Tar would be on every. The first Jurassic Park yeah, movie I ever saw yeah. was the last. Our, one. our canonical <laughs> top four Steven four best Steven Spielberg movies are Jaws, sure, Munich, The Post, The Lost World, Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he has not Mark made agrees. any other movie. Other Mark than agrees four. with one of those. No, I like him, and it's I The like Post. That. Mark knows post. about the post. Mark, Mark knows. Mark, do you want to tell Connor? Do you want to tell the listeners what what I did when we when our screening of the post ended when we saw the post? Cole, Cole took a shirt off. I did not take my shirt. You took a shirt off. I did not take my shirt off. What I Cole, actually did, Cole leaned like, over to me and went, "Is fucking Steven Spielberg gonna make the first thing you said to me when that movie ended? No, that's the not. first thing you said to me. Okay, the what's first the thing second thing I said to you? I actually I think remember. I said this while the movie was still going. That was such a fucking frustrating start to that movie. That's why I, I, I turned never... to Mark. At one point, I turned to Mark with tears in my eyes and said, he's still a young man. He's still a young man. He's, <laughs> he's no, that's still what a he young said. That's what he said. Spielberg or thanks? Spielberg. No, there's no, there's a shot in that movie where they're going into the newsroom and it's yeah. just a long, I think it's a fucking dolly or a crane or something. It might be on a crane. He's like, pushes through this fucking door yeah. and it bursts into the newsroom. And that's when Cole goes, <laughs> I know people, so much people fucking say energy. this. He's got so much, you know, it's people, like people say this, people rag on the post for whatever reason. People like to talk about Steven Spielberg having this almost like pre-natural understanding of how blocking and camera motion um, interact with each other. There is almost no pure example of that than the post because there's no effect shots to get in the way, right? It's just actually people walking around rooms as the camera moves. And it's, and it's so fucking 
mind-blowing how well-crafted that movie is. And it's a lot of business, that movie. There's so much business. There's so much business to get through to what get are to like, that big scene of her, and her in her dining room. One of like the five, my five favorite like screening experiences of the two of us seeing a movie together. Because it started off so fucking rough. With, we it started off it so that, rough. We were seeing We don't need to tell the story. We Chicago. don't need to tell the story. Uh, listeners, you sh- if you have the chance to go see a movie with me and Mark, I uh, highly recommend it because we're both very active watchers. Yeah. And we get hype. We got into a fight with two people who showed up to the movie about 10 minutes late. Yeah. And they did they did not know how to read their seat number. And they were just claiming we were in their seats. And I was looking at their shit and I was like, guys, I'm telling you, you were behind us. All right, Mark, I'm you do have a hard out. Uh, sure. Yeah. Give me your Jackson. Let's do Jackson. Jackson. Uh, let's Mount start Rushmore. with Elijah Price, Unbreakable. I'm of, start. Unbreakable. Ooh, of course it is. I'm going to start there. Talk to me. Talk to us. Speak to it. That that moment at the end uh, always destroys me. His his his, his monologue, it, it it was the kids. That is just like, I don't know. He sells that. I don't know. That movie's incredible and perfect. But his performance in that movie is so like dangerous and scary and funny and sympathetic. It's so, so sympathetic. Funny. So funny. So funny. Maybe one of the saddest characters in any film ever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. when like he in the top yeah. ten of saddest characters when ever when he refuses to sell the the comic to the guy you know mm. for who, who's buying it for his kid to when he falls down yeah that movie's incredible so that's is, where, and is, I'm not going to be it, cute and put glass on there I was like no well don't. Cole's going to expect could. me to put fucking glass on I didn't say that oh, I didn't I love glass that. I love glass he's love he's glass. also very good in glass he's great I don't in glass really care for but it's um, unbreakable yeah what's the best performance in uh in a M. Night Shyamalan movie. Ooh. Because I think there's, because uh, that's what I'm saying is like, as good as Sam Jackson is in Unbreakable, I might put him at number three in the entire man, body of work. I haven't seen his body of work in a very long yeah. time. I, I I remember thinking Joaquin was like crazy in it, Signs. Signs, yeah. yes. It's, well, see, yeah. I, I no, because I think it's Mel in Signs. Me, but they're both so fucking yeah. good. I think it's Mel in so... Signs, Haley in Sixth Sense, Oh, he, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, and that's then and then probably Dave Bautista. Jackson and then Willis in Unbreakable. But Jackson's so good in Unbreakable, and it's such a swerve because his whole thing is so playing badasses, right? And it's so interesting to see him like bring that steely intensity to someone so frail. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, it's it's the right it's the right pull first pick, Mark. Yeah, Connor, it's you. It's me. Okay. Okay, uh, I feel like there are quite a few like obvious picks sure. for this round. You're the obvious one here. I'm gonna steer away from it. Ooh, yeah, spicy. I, as much as I want to uh, say The Incredibles because <laughs> like the most iconic like, back and forth in any Pixar movie, I think I'm gonna go with Eve's Bayou. Son Just- of a bitch! <laughs> Fuck you! That was gonna be mine. Fuck you! You can definitely speak about it as well. Um, is there oh, anybody else on the? Think is, of one. Is there anybody else in the world that could play what it what could essentially read as like evil incarnate as such a like charming, seductive man who at the end of the movie you still want to believe that he's not doing the things that I think he's like very clearly portrayed as doing throughout the film, even though there's a little bit of ambiguity ambiguity about it. Sonin. Um, 
But I also think about him and Eve's Bayou, and I just cannot, I, I don't think I can think of a single other actor who would have been able to pull that off in the way that he is, in the things that's expected of him for like pure plot necessity of that film. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it is kind of going back to what I said about um, Affleck and Deepwater, that, 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 that performance is so much about not letting the audience in. Yeah. You know what I'm saying that, that, it's about keeping secrets from the audience, which is a rare thing to do, but also a rare thing for an actor like Jackson to do, right? That, that he is ultimately so unknowable. Um, it, it's such a layered performance. It's so complicated. Either whatever, whatever interpretation you want to walk away from that movie with and what you think about that man's you know, guilt or innocence and in any of the myriad things that are brought up in that movie. And then it's also that like really complicated thing of having to play a character who is being seen through the eyes of a child mm -hmm. and therefore has like refracted elements of their personality. It's also just an incredible movie. He but plays it's his best performance. He plays a character which through the eyes of his children is like the center of their universe, the yeah. son that that exposes everything around him and kind of like just the 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 thing that the most vital thing in in the world that they live within um i think that when, when i say that i don't know if another actor could pull it off i think when you look at that role you can see another you could see other actors going one of two ways where they they themselves believe um the things that the character had done and they go completely in one direction or the other and they let the filmmaker decide like through editing how it's going to come across i don't think jackson does that in the film which is so impressive yeah. it's you can believe that he's doing the things that he's slightly getting accused of doing or just outright getting accused of doing you, you can believe it like you can believe that it's a part of that man yet at the same time you want so badly because of the the good or the facade of good that does exist within that character you want so badly to believe that these things aren't true you know I what i mean you know the, the the mythic thing about Sam Jackson is also that like he's he's a, he's such a professional, right? Yeah. That he's just gonna uh, you know show up. He's got everything done. He doesn't need that many takes, and that obviously can come to such you know good effect and kind of boring effect in like these big movie star roles. But Lemons kind of utilizes that that steadfastness in such an interesting way, not only because of how like upstanding and kind of a noble this guy is, but in the way she weaponizes the fact that she plays back multiple takes with yeah. different interpretations and different behaviors as characters remember things about this guy. Mark, have you seen this movie? No. Oh, it's so fucking good. I know. Oh, highly, it's incredible. highly recommend. Masterpiece. Yeah. Oh, such a weird director because she comes out swinging so hard with that movie. And like, I know... I know, I know black women have less opportunities. I'm not, I'm not pooping any of that. I get why her career didn't really pan out it's that she has specifically come back in the past couple of years and just made bad biopics <laughs> is such a weird turn because she quietly directed the yeah. Whitney Houston movie uh did you know that Mark no yeah you know Cat Sullivan's also a great actress mm -hmm. uh great in Sansa Lambs great in Candyman mm -hmm. okay here's the thing about the Sam Jackson top four sure I think you make the case that there has to be a Quentin Tarantino movie out here. That's what I'm thinking. I don't I think wanna, you, I want you also, to do it, so I don't have to do it. I think you also can make the case that there should maybe have to be a Spike Lee movie out here. I, was I don't know how Spike it would be. Any, I don't any, think it is too. Probably be more better blues, but... 
and well, it won't be. That I don't. One. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm more with you, Cole, on the Spike Lee one, but I don't think it, I don't think yeah. Spike Lee for Jackson is a necessity like Tarantino might be. Here's the thing I will say about this: I'm not picking this movie. Like two people <laughs> ever have won supporting performance awards at the Con Film Festival, which is not an award the Con Film Festival gives out. There have been like two cases in history where people have been so blown away by a performance that they've been, that the con jury has invented a supporting act, supporting performance award. Sam Jackson did win one of those for Jungle Fever. So, but at the same time, I love Spike Lee so much more Jungle Fever. than than Quentin Tarantino. But I do think a Quentin Tarantino movie has to be on here. Especially, and if we're talking great performances too, he's really great in Jungle Fever. I think I have to put the hateful eight on here because wow. he's fucking okay. carrying that movie on his back. I true. am sorry, that is the weaponization of his. Like, I am the fucking movie star. I am the pure professional. Everyone else gets to do freak shit around me That's because true. I am carrying this three-hour talky movie on my back that is the best tarantino movie that movie doesn't work without that performance the, there's like a 15 minute monologue that's the centerpiece of that movie that's just him jack right it, it i do think if we're talking the tarantino jacksons that's the best one that's the most exciting one if you've already if you two have already taken my first and second favorite sam jack's performance off the table you have i'm giving it to hateful eight I, w- I would have gone with Jungle Fever between the two, but the problem with yeah. Jungle Fever is he's literally only in two scenes. In it's just re- two really good yeah. scenes, though. They're, the, they're the two scenes that you remember from them. Uh, there's another scene with John Turturro yeah. that I think about like all the time, but those are the Snipes, two scenes. I think yeah. Snipes and Turturro are better in Jungle Fever than they get credit for. Sam Jackson just kind of sucks the air out of that movie. Yeah, exactly. You know? The second he shows up on screen, yeah. you're like, oh but, my God. But we're just, I'm not picking Jungle Fever. I'm picking Hateful Eight, and it's because, again, it's the inverse of that. Is he the flashy guy who comes in and steals it? Or is he the guy who makes the movie work? And I think no, the he's... appeal of Sam Jackson as an actor is that he's the guy who makes the movie work. Yeah. He's the best part of that film by far. Yeah. And I, yeah. I think that's a great performance. I just love that fucking dick sucking monologue. What can I say? It's so yeah. funny. Yeah. Mark, take it away. I don't know for the last one, whether I, because I feel like the two other facets that haven't been touched on him are just sort of like his, his show up for higher work. Yeah, and I'm not gonna put a Marvel movie on there because I think a case to be made, a case to be made, a case to be made, or if we did something like Winter Soldier, maybe would it be Captain Marvel? I don't know. Uh, The other facet, I think, the other facet, I think, is is he's funny and everything, but just him from a purely comedic standpoint. Yes, and not something showy or not something very funny. He plays very funny, very funny, but and not something like ironic like it's not snakes on the plane i think it's the other guys i almost went with it yeah, yeah. i no, think that's it's per- the other guys perfect, i think perfect. it's him showing up yeah. and just and that top and just it's also that he's i like so that much better. He, he's so much better top. than dwayne he's so much better than dwayne yeah and that's that's like the what you want dwayne to do and he's so much better yeah. than dwayne yeah. I like that pick a lot because like we said, it's difficult to put a Marvel on this list one. Holy with the works for hire. You, you can't put shaft on this list like, God, no. for reasons that we spoke about yet. You still need, you still need the, the iconic looking cool. Yeah. It is his one of the pick. I feel like that is the, uh, that is Samuel Jackson in a movie playing himself. 
Yes, like with the leather jacket, with but the bald head, part with of the, the goatee. Yeah. Yeah. Right? That's I what I'm like talking about. that's the pick where he's showing This is that Jackson movie star energy I'm talking it. about. Yeah. You're right. I think I think this is maybe the best one we've had so far. Yeah. It's pretty <laughs> To good. recap, the Mount Rushmore Samuel Jackson performances, Unbreakable, Eves Bayou, The Hateful Eight, The Other Guys. That would be my top four. I would shuffle the list a little, but. Yeah. I think we've I think we've hit every aspect of it. I may have let I may like I said I may have let Jungle Fever squeak in just because that him as Gator he literally does a dance where he's like I love it's crack just, I love getting high. It's, <laughs> it's the it's, so it's the Batman versus Superman pick. It's the yeah. it's the big honorable mention that we're all acknowledging. Yeah. The problem with Sam Jackson is that I do think he is kind of material dependent. Yeah, that's true. He's still the best part of SWAT, I think, right? He's not great. because You know who I love in SWAT, though? I really like Michelle Rodriguez. Oh, I think she's really boring in this. I don't know. I just like, I I, I, I like the way she owns the screen when she's on. Can I make my case for for Jackson in this, though? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, can I just say, I want to throw out Coach Carter. I like a lot. Never seen When I was playing basketball growing up, that was a movie I watched, like, pretty often. He's very good in Jackie Brown. Yeah. He's very good in True Romance, that one scene. So yeah. good in Jackie Brown. Uh, he's um, great in The Long Kiss Goodnight, a movie I don't really like. 1408. Uh, yeah. 1408, great. Jackie, great yeah, Jackie Brown, obviously. You didn't bring up Black Snake Millen. I know you love that movie. Yeah. I don't know that I would put that on my top performances yeah. of his. Black Snake Millen's a terrific movie. He is great in Black Snake Millen. Yeah. He's the, 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 the capital G great performances in Black Snake Moan are Richie and Timberlake. Yeah. Like those are both their career best performances. Yeah. Um, have you seen the Sunset Limited with a, it's like no. a Cormac McCarthy no, play. No, but I know what you're talking about. And it's him and Tommy Lee Jones. He's really good in that. Although I don't necessarily think it works as a film, but I mean, he's like mm. unbelievably good in it. Um, I saw him this summer do the piano lesson on Broadway and oh, they just I'm announced so that they're going to make a film of it with the same cast or from what I understand, it's the same cast who did it. It's on Broadway. mostly the same cast. Um, I'm really excited for that. Just, Although that's from what I understand, that's also the play that kind of, he started his professional career with. He was playing boy Willie and he's clearly too old to, to was play he? That I now. thought I'm going to look this up. Cause I thought uh, what's his face. Charlie Dutton. Charlie Dutton. Maybe maybe Sam Jackson did it later. When I think of the piano lesson, I think of yeah. that being like Charles S. Dutton's big breakthrough role. On no, I don't. I, he wasn't the one He's, who originated the role. Oh, but okay, I think yeah. when he when Sam Jackson started popping on the theater screen, he played Boy Willie in the piano, the piano lesson, lesson, the best August Wilson play. Because oh, I God. love Fences, but the piano lesson is fucking insane. Only Red Fences. Here's the thing I hate about this piano lesson movie. That Denzel's is, not in the movie. I don't think he would work. I don't think he would work. Yeah, I think so. No. It's that it's being directed by Denzel's other son. Now, I don't oh. know if Denzel's other son is a good director or not. Yeah. He's never directed before. You know who Denzel wanted to do this movie? I have no idea. Barry Jenkins turned oh, I this think... down to yeah. make the Lion King prequel. That's fucking illegal. A, a Barry Jenkins piano lesson is transcendent right it's like the best movie it's almost too obvious um this is a here's my thing here's my case with sam jackson sam jackson is being given no material to work with in this movie right in swat in swat yeah but i think the energy levels just fucking skyrocket whenever he's on screen and i think the fact that that same is not said of colin 
is an indictment of Colin and a strength to Jackson in this particular space. Well, it's right? just the way, like, it's just the way the dynamics lie where Jackson gets to be, it's the same thing with Pacino, where it's like they get to be the big guy calling the shots, the one who's like but, in control of the room, in control of the direction everything's moving in. And but, in but both it's supposed films, to be, in both films, to play Colin. Off that. I know, but in both films, Colin's being asked to do this very specific thing where he's in, like in the recruit, he's playing quiet. a hotshot hacker who has a lot of sex. In this one, he's playing a hotshot Navy SEAL who has a lot of sex, right? Like in both cases, I think that character could be more dynamic. I think Colin's not giving it to you. And I think Pacino I don't think he plays a character who has lots of sex in this movie. Yeah, I don't either. No, they reference it so many times. No, he's so weird oh, with every Michelle time, Rodriguez. Though. He he apparently it's like fumbled, clearly he fumbles the bag with Boxer's sister so yeah. hard and gives her a little kiss on the forehead as she leaves. You know that scene is so strange, guys. And then there's the bit, and then there's the bit where he fumbles the bag with Rodriguez. He, yeah, he, he doesn't do that. And they go in the fucking bar, and he sees Jeremy Renner. He sees him across the fucking bar, and what's and Renner's just fucking stroking the pool table at him like yeah, this. And, and you know what, remember what else thing? happens in that scene? What the waitress comes up and immediately starts hitting on him because they slept true. together. Do you know? What, okay, here's but this is what is I'm saying true. is what you are identifying is a failure of the performance because what I am saying is that. The script of this movie, the text of this movie says that Colin Farrell can ace the airplane infiltration because he's fucked so many stewardesses that he has memorized airplane schematics, right? That's the character on the page. The performance is not giving that. Sam Jackson can bring the heat and boost the energy levels of this movie. Colin, the movie wants Colin to meet him on that level. And I think that is the difference between an actor and a movie star is that Sam Jackson's given nothing to work with and you're kind of just excited to see him. Okay. I'm sold. I, I think it is a low Colin tier Farrell, Sam Jackson actor, performance. Certified bad actor. No, no, that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> I think he's bad at this thing that Sam Jackson is very good at. Yeah. Make the case for Rodriguez. Oh, I'm just boy. interested um, in hearing what you have to say. Both of you. She gets, I, I mean, she's the one who gets the movie star introduction in this movie. Yeah, she does. I know, a lot of it's, I know a lot of it's played off her body, yeah. but there's a fucking look she does give the camera, this fucking mean, like, yes, you know what I'm saying? That is so much more interesting than it's very interesting than what it was more. It was given. more interesting when she did the exact same thing in the past. Oh, She's <laughs> shot in the way that like the rock is shot in a lot of his movies where okay. you're just looking at this person who's kind of like steaming with the capability to like commit violence against other people. And you're just waiting for the opportunity to see it happen. It's, it is her shtick, right? Yeah. I just think she's done it so many better in so many other movies. Sure. No, I, I agree. Does I just think she's good. She's so unserved by the script, oh. right? That she's introduced in that really exciting way. And that she's just the sex object who get hurt in the last act. She gets hurt. Yeah. it's. it's I like the stuff with her and the kid a lot. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think she pays off on the promise. I think she's better in the other movies she's making around that era. No, I know. Yeah. But they're Another also better person. movies. They're also better movies. Yeah. Another person I think has only gotten better as she's aged. She yeah. she is a better actress now than is she was she 20 years ago. Good in Dungeons and Dragons, which she's I still have not seen. Fucking she's next so funny. level she's in so Dungeons funny. and Dragons. She's so tender in that movie. She's that's what it is that she's yeah. so tender. The the but they're problem, trying to make her tender in the new Fast and Furious movies is this sort of like she's softer now. The big, the big problem with Dungeons and Dragons is that they whiff her character arc 
by casting her love interest with stunt casting and it doesn't work oh interesting and it okay. doesn't click partially because she's not shot it's like obviously they were never on set together like you get that from the movie and also the directors have copped to the fact they weren't on set together but like that doesn't work but it also doesn't work because the actor who she's paired with is kind of being like having a goofy time being a fun cameo and she's giving this like beautifully like internal performance yeah she's so good at Dungeons and Dragons. should i try to guess who it is you sure. can can yeah, you give yes. me if how many oh by the way mark i will say this I've done a little more digging. I know we thought it was supposed to be Krasinski. Uh, it was definitely supposed to be Dexter Fletcher. It's As definitely, a cameo? Yeah, they, they've alluded to it, it it being a last second replacement for somebody. Um, and you and guys just, thought it was supposed to be Krasinski. But it's definitely, it was definitely Dexter Fletcher is the guy they were going for. Okay, It's funny no that it's not like no, it's a the replacement star. of the guy they got. I know, it's the replacement. It's a Dexter huge Fletcher. star. It's a huge star. Like one of the biggest movie stars alive. Is it Ryan Reynolds? No, but you're at the right level. At the right level. Right? Yeah, Oscar nominee. Should we Oscar nominee. Multiple Oscar nominee. What are the yeah. most Oscar nominated people of his uh, generation? What? Yeah. yeah. Plays uh, Michelle Rodriguez as a strange husband. A strange lover husband? <laughs> They're, I think they says they're married, yeah, but she they haven't won. Like, They've only been nominated. Famously, has been nominated like ten times and has never won an Oscar. Here, I'll tell you this: if you don't care about being spoiled, the yeah. joke is that he's small, and she's very yeah. big. Oh yeah, he's playing. But he's it, playing it, a halfling, and, and and it doesn't really make sense that the joke is for this guy to be small because well, this guy's like famously a, a little small. Is he? Huh. Yeah, he is. He's not a tall actor. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought he's like huge a star. Guy. But also, I'm going to say this, nominated as an actor, as a writer, as a producer. Bradley Cooper? Bradley Cooper. Yeah. Yeah, it just doesn't work. Cooper, if, if Cooper was in yeah. the room with her, it probably would have worked. Bradley Cooper's Cooper short? Wasn't. Yeah, he's, he's not that tall. He's like 5'9", I think. I think like Bradley Cooper was like 6'? Is he? Yeah. He has he short like guy six, energy. He seems like no, a he six doesn't. flat American. Short guy energy? How tall is Bradley <laughs> Oh, he's 6'1". Okay. Yeah. What are you talking about? He has short energy. I'm sorry. Shut up, five seven. Motherfucker. I'm five nine. You were not five nine. <laughs> I'm five nine. No, you're not. You are. We have stood next to each other for many years. And you're like six feet. <laughs> I am five nine. <laughs> I'm five nine. Um, <laughs> no, Rodriguez really good. Yeah. I mean, this is where I'm giving your argument back to you, Connor, is that I just don't think she's given that much to do in this. Yeah, but that's the story with everybody in this fucking movie. Sure, but Sam Jackson makes it pop a little more. Other than LL Cool J when he gets to lift his shirt up and show his abs to everybody, which is like one of the scenes he I remembered from this. Really funny in the one scene where he gets to do comedy stuff. The one minute yeah. he gets to tell his kids in the checkout, you can have any little impulse yeah. item tic tac they want. He's like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah, I just yeah, made fucking swat. I'm making. I don't know. This is kind of just barely funny. a movie. Right. I like when Josh Charles is like, eh, ate some bad Thai food last night. And it's like, Charles, he's clearly I mean, on the okay, phone. He's clearly on the phone with Jeremy Renner. <laughs> Renner's really good in this, actually. Sorry. Renner's Renner, earrings. Renner is Renner's like little a little earrings. freak goblin very performance good. in this movie. He's so much fun. He's popping it away. Was like, it Ebert most... that said his like little pudgy face doesn't uh, I mean, you... play well at being a movie star or something like that? How much do you guys know about Jeremy Renner's career at this point? He was, uh, he did hair art, right? Like he, didn't he, he do hairstyling for productions? When, this is what I'll say about this Jeremy Renner performance is that when Jeremy Renner popped, 
in The Hurt Locker. He had only been really known for one movie before that. And that was the movie that got him cast in this. And that was when he played Jeffrey Dahmer in a Jeffrey Dahmer biopic. Yeah. And he kind of has like weird creep Dahmer Dahmer energy as like the generic bad best friend role, the fucking Sean Bean and Goldeneye role. He also plays a neo-Nazi around this time, if I remember correctly. Right. Yeah. I am saying that the the story of Jeremy Renner is that he got a lot of attention and like Oscar buzz for playing Dahmer and then went away for 10 years and then came back with the Hurt Locker. Yeah, that, is the, yeah. that is the story of Renner. He's I, in stuff. He's just never clicking until the Hurt Locker. I hope to God he's doing better as we speak. He seems to be. Yeah. He seems to be. He's doing interviews. Yeah, I think I think that all worked out for him. That was a horrible story. Um, he got Yelchin'd. Crazy. He's one of, I mean, he like when the Hurlock came out. Oh, fucking Christ. Jesus Christ. Did you say he got Yelchin'd? Yeah. It's it's the same thing. He did. He did. It's the same thing. Another actor we're going to talk about later, later on. Oh, which, what's he in? Friday Night. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I have um, to be there yeah. for the fright. Can I can I skip the Alexander episode and can I skip the Fright Night episode? <laughs> can I <laughs> oh, not do is Alexander the year after this? That's coming yeah. soon. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the 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 this is this is the the career arc of Colin Farrell stuff. We've been talking about this a lot. So, so really and to- here's something I wanted to bring up earlier yeah. that I think is analogous for where the studio sees him and the studios where they saw these two guys in like 2011, and it's very talked about, but was like is like Worthington Kitch, good looking guys. Yes. You know, yes. who, and, and and it feels like that's what they're trying to do with him here. I can see Worthington and Kitch in this movie. You know, it was in the same decade as them, both being thrown at this. Exactly. But the problem with those two guys is they're not character actors. Yeah. And I'm I'm, I'm saying right now I don't think Colin Farrell is a movie star. I think he's a he's a character actor. Who I think looks that's like a movie star, in. and yeah. that's kind of the problem with him. Is he looks like a fucking movie. He's star, he's re- but he's a character actor. He's reverse Philip Seymour Hoffman. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a movie star. Because uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman is a movie star. And yeah. Um, someone we should we should we should we should maybe circle back on our plans for who to do after Colin and yeah. maybe think about uh Fy Hoffman again. I, um, I'd be I yeah, let's talk about it. We'll talk uh, about it. Um, get closer but just end. just Mark, just to contextualize this, because we're we're almost at the fucking end of this monster judgment. He has six movies come out in 2003, right? And none of them work. That's the thing. They're well, almost phone booth kind of works. Phone booth, kind of, they all make yeah. money, right? But none of them super work like they should. This one I think makes the most money. This one's quietly a huge hit. I think it the is. thing with phone booth is um, like, despite the issues I personally have with phone booth, he he's clearly giving like an impressive performance that everybody else is. Yes. Kind of oh yes, yes, yes. No, he's incredible yeah. in phone booth. He's the one thing we talked about this. He's the he's the one guy who walks in a daredevil. Like looking good. Yeah, again, that, that um, one too. But Mark, he's in six movies this year, right? And then in 2003. And then in 2004, he's got Home at the End of the World, which is his big, serious indie movie Oscar play. And he's got Alexander, which is his big, serious studio epic Oscar play. And both of those don't work. And it's like over for him, right? Like he's still got a couple more big leading man roles, but the rise and fall of this like young Hunk Cullen thing is so quick. And I think it's because he doesn't pop in movies like SWAT. I What's think it's because he doesn't pop in movies like SWAT. And then he has, I feel like years that would be considered driver an actor, you know, two and 2004. Yes. yes. He also is getting sober 
you know. Yeah, he gets sober. The new world. Time. The new world. Is he drunk during the new world? I don't know how you yes. work with fucking yeah. his 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 last drug movie is Miami Vice. Yeah, he goes to rehab after shooting Miami Vice. He essentially says to everybody while they're filming Miami Vice, yeah. like, "I have a serious issue. I'll give you whatever you need to finish this movie, but then I have to go to rehab right when this movie." I is think he filming. said that he doesn't have much memory of that performance. Yeah, guys, this is a dry spell. Yeah, I think I mean, in that device. in that oral history that I was got- alluding to from Miami Vice, I think he mentions that. He, sp- he said something to a reporter about like how his dad came to visit set and it was one of those days in the Dominican Republic when like people were getting shot and he it happened of, his once. Dad, yeah. But he looked at his dad. Well, it happened on set once, but yeah. apparently they were in an a- area oh, of yeah. the Dominican Republic where they were hearing gunshots like all the time. And apparently his dad like looked at him and was basically like, this is not good. Like you need to go get help at some point and that was like the realization that he had if i remember if i recall correctly from the the stuff that i read about that film um but yeah this is a very weird time for him where he's blowing up but simultaneously engaging in a lot of activity that's not allowing him to necessarily live in the moment the way that someone like actors it's a it's a physical experiential profession and anybody who does it under the influence of drugs is yeah it's it's for such a widespread issue within this profession yeah. it's it's crazy that anybody kind of engages with it yeah. um has, has yeah. yeah this is a bit of a, a weird sidebar but i just want to get out there have you guys brought up like the distinction between like like the american movie star and the american household name because i think a, a a little but i understand yeah. what you're saying yeah. i think I think that's where we, we talked like about that almost with Affleck. Is I think he is someone who is a household man. He's someone who yes. my parents who didn't even know much about movies. They knew Colin Farrell. Even though I'm looking at his filmography right now. And you're like, it's, it's because Mark, I don't think you understand how much of a tabloid sensation he was. Yeah, in 2003. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. Yeah. Like dating Britney Spears tabloid sensation in 2003, yeah. which almost overshadows the movies. And you see this, in I think I said it was the David Edelstein review, but you kind of see this in some of the reviews at the time where there's almost this like frustration that he's not as exciting on screen as he is in his personal life, even though that in his personal life, he's a disaster. He's a heroin addict, right? Yeah. Um, who, there's a sex tape. Ooh, you know, we yeah. haven't talked about the sex tape yet. Yeah, when does that come out? I think we talked about it in Daredevil. Did we not talk about it? He... Because he, he looks like the, Daredevil. No, so no, no. He he's got the, the goatee and the bald he head. He shoots yeah. the sex tape during Daredevil. I don't think it comes out until 2006, though, because he sues her because she sells it. Mm. And he sues her to kind of stop the release. And then I think they settle. And I, I don't know if he ended up getting legally cleared or not, but I think it actually did end up out there. So he saw some money from it. But the sex tape is here's all I want to say about the sex tape. Is that at one point in the sex tape, Colin says that uh, I believe the exact quote is, um, "This is the worst fucking cinematography in the history of pornography." And I'm not saying the sex tape looks great, but Colin, if you are listening to this, I just want to tell you because you were filming that yourself, that is not true. <laughs> it is <laughs> absolutely not true. Cole's an and I, Cole, you want to repeat what, what I'm talking your about? Historiography paper on? Yep. I no 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 no. Hey hey, Nick Elliott. Nick Elliott's an incredible cinematographer. No, but I'm saying you're an expert in this field oh, yeah. of, I'm, of I'm just saying, Colin, I can show you some hardcore films from like 1972 <laughs> that were shot in a morning and have worse cinematography than your sex tape. Uh, it's his only director credit in IMDb. 
Wow. Des- deserved, well deserved. Yeah. 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 He shoots that. He shoots that while filming Daredevil because he's got the bald head and the goatee. Let me just put it this way, though, because this is why I don't necessarily think this like question of movie star versus like non movie star is really of that importance. Because when you look at his filmography and you look at the films that like aren't popping and you try to replace them with like any other certified movie star that's in his age bracket and like his type of typecasting at the time, like I just don't think they work with anybody. I don't think the recruit works with any other actor. It's just a bad movie. I don't think SWAT works with uh... any other actor. It's just a bad movie. Like I don't think Alexander works with any other actor. It's but I think the performance. It's a poorly made. But I think the performances work. I'm almost now looking know. at this. Like, I don't know You're looking at this that. more holistically yeah. than I am. I don't know. Because I just think, like, I think when I you mean, end up with something that pops on screen, it's the culmination of so many different influences coming together. But just to think of it, it's like, but by the time he, so if we kind of are segmenting his career in yeah. a certain way. Um, you have like the beginning discovery portion of his career, which is probably up in uh, Minority Report is probably the end of that. Then you have this middle, like he's becoming a tabloid sensation, household name. Everybody knows who he is. He's constantly on late night TV. He's constantly being talked about in like Entertainment Weekly and certain like publications of the same. That carries you through. I think that probably ends before the new world comes out because when you have the new world and you have Miami Vice, he's working with strange auteurs who are working like outside who the regular hot. rotation who are who are hot, hot too. but but you're also not have like they're hot but in a way that like i don't think you have i don't think you have typical regular moviegoers who are seeking out malik and man in the same way that they're seeking but no they're, they're the new world revered. the yeah. new world the new, the new world is so weird because that was a movie that i feel like a lot of people when that movie came out thought that was going to be a lot more mainstream than that movie oh, yeah. was that movie well, you know a lot more you but, know but, that accessible, movie, accessible. You guys know that movie opened, and then they took it out of theaters and re-edited it. Yeah, because I don't know if it opened. I don't know if it opened. I think it, it had played the limited, a, a limited week long. Yeah, it, but it wasn't a it wasn't a press screening. It wasn't a test screening. It wasn't a special event. That movie opened, closed, and opened again. And if I understand correctly about that one too, that was an issue where like Malik had told them he wasn't finished with the movie yet. And they were like, we're putting it out. I mean, part of it is Malik and man are also, those movies are never finished. But to to finish where I'm going with this, he makes those two movies while he still has the drug issue. Yes. Getting progressively worse from probably, probably it started probably before Ordinary Decent Criminal started. And it's getting progressively worse throughout this period of his life. Yes. And, at the end of Miami Vice, when he decides to go get sober, that is a clear like demarca- demarcation of before and after, yes. where his career segments after that. I- Can I just briefly cut in? Yeah. Just to, just to clarify a point you made. He, as far as I can say, he does not talk about the drug problem as something that like was exacerbated when he came to Hollywood. He has talked about it as this like background thing of painkillers and booze that just uh, it, it sounds the way he talks about it that it would have been just as bad had he yeah. never been famous. And at, clearly, as we know from like Veronica Guerin, despite the issues that film has, it does speak to yeah. a, a yeah. problem of drugs that's occurring in Ireland. and heroin specifically. And yeah, yeah. Um, but I think what happens is he like that demarcation ends his. If it's not his own aspiration, but the aspiration of Hollywood to turn him into a movie star, to turn him into a Tom Cruise. Or, I don't know, to turn him into a Bruce Willis, although I don't think that was ever the intention necessarily. And he goes 
he steers into this character actor route where he's in Lanthimos films and he's working with McDonough and he's taking on these interesting roles that require a lot from him outside of the regular like movie star and skill set. But I think when you look at this bracket that we're in right now and you look at what this career would produce considering the lack of critical attention that any of these films had received. I just don't think, I don't see anybody coming out of this stretch that he's in and becoming like a true movie star in the sense, unless they intentionally decide to steer their career in that correction, in that direction after he gets out of rehab. You, you kind of get what I mean? Yeah. Like, I mean, and I think based off of in Bruges, he clearly could have gone down the movie star route if that was what his most sincere intention was when he got out of rehab was but i think we can tell by the projects that he's signed on to and you look at something like after yang which is very small and i think he's just more interested in working in these smaller spaces than than he is in being a movie star and i think he's probably always like i said i think i said this earlier on and he's been very open about this in interviews that while he enjoyed the spoils of fame and he loved being famous i don't think he ever necessarily loved the idea of becoming a movie star yeah you know what i mean I this is a great conversation, but unless we have anything no. else to say about SWAT, yeah. I do think we should maybe move on to the games. The games. Are you going to say something? No, I I do think, and you you mentioned it earlier. Is I do think it's important just to keep, and this would be my two cents. I don't know when I'll be yeah. back on this, to keep the conversation of the movie star alive, just because I want to. I think, I think it's interesting. I think the idea of a movie star is important as a concept. And I think I, I I think there are real movie stars, whether he is one or not, and whether you guys. Yeah figure it out maybe you watch enough of his movies and you're just like and, and you revisit them and you're like no yeah. he they call got it, it it for a reason you know they got it for a reason in the way back he's fucking got it i think he there's fucking fright night he, he, huh? yes dude we're wait, gonna have way to back, do the way he's back great. Wait, wait, not, okay, the affleck, not the not the affleck one. Oh no no i know Weir. i know i know yeah. no the fucking time peter out, weir time one. out time out you didn't ask to be on the peter weir movie i kind of can't believe i didn't ask if no one's do you want me to movie, move you back. off the one that we have you booked on? No, I don't. You I could do, do both. I think you could probably. I want to do both of them, and there's spaced out. We'll, enough, we'll, we'll, we'll talk. We'll talk. We'll talk. Yeah. No, but um, I, I, I just, I hear it come up a lot, and I hear it come up a lot when I hear people talk about, oh, this person's a movie star. And I'm like, that person's not a movie star. That person is on Bridgerton. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. Like you just clarify. No, like that's not. We need to talk about people who have it, and then people who are famous and you see everywhere because. Social media has killed the idea is, of famous well, people. Priyanka, is famous Priyanka Chopra Jonas is not necessarily a movie star. No. She's just one of the most famous people alive. Jolie, I think, Jolie is actually the, the yeah. weird case here. And I, I get into arguments with people all the time. Is Pedro Pascal a movie star? Absolutely you know not. Exactly. And people, but I think the movie star is real. The movie yes. star is important. And it's so special when that person exists that it's important to. Yeah, to, to, right. just to keep that conversation about the movie star alive because it is say undeniable a person who could just sure yeah the movie SWAT go the characters in the TV show SWAT the movie SWAT are playing the characters in the TV show SWAT but at one time in the movie SWAT someone watches the TV show SWAT that's all I have to say it's very is there, <laughs> and it's is it in the bar no one of them's just I hanging out in at his home apart- yeah in his apartment he's watching SWAT on TV um, they I'm know the theme song. Order. They know the theme song. That I, I'll excuse them knowing the theme song in like a Andrew Garfield's ringtone is the Spider-Man theme in the Amazing Spider-Man, which is the best part of that movie. Uh, them knowing the theme song. 
don't care about it. Them watching the show SWAT on TV, I was like, what the fuck? Um, oh boy, Mark, can't wait till you're on for a good movie. <laughs> I, yeah, it was so interesting watching it this morning because the movie, like, as a kid, I was like, a movie I enjoy watching, but I always knew was messy. I always knew there were things that didn't make sense, like his girlfriend or like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so it's interesting it coming definitely... back to a movie and just more realizing and just being it's like one of, it's one of those movies that like i don't know how you are but i'm guessing we're similar in age where you when you're watching it as a kid and you're just taking it for fact of like this is how adults act and talk to each other sure and then you are an adult and then you rewatch it and you're like this is not how adults talk to each other in any way no, whatsoever not, not in a romantic sense not in a sense of like professional partnership just in no way whatsoever is this is this a manner in which adults everybody just bouncing other. around who's getting some tonight who's yeah just a group yeah. of people uh, some adults are like that i but guess that's yeah. the story no, with it's Ayer, like right it's like ayer does not write dialogue that real human beings speak no in any no setting. he's so interesting yeah david air so weird but yeah no is it, i don't know if it, if we pause the record for this but there's a moment in this movie i love so much we didn't talk about and it's during the big l cool j chase where they they like charge through that parade and Colin takes his little baton. Oh, and I know goes, exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I think about okay. it all the time. It's so funny. That's fun. It's like not how believe. I don't know. It's, his like, face while he's doing it doesn't look like he's doing it on purpose. Like it looks like he tried to take the baton out and it starts spinning around his hand. And he's just like, oh shit, like how am I gonna get this back in my hands? And then when it went to the editor, the editor was like, Oh, this is cool. The baton movie is cut so fucking poorly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know how I know this movie is cut poorly? Is that it does it does the format switching thing. And and I don't care. And it has all the it has all the video camera stuff. Yeah, there's nothing I like more than a movie cutting to video. Yeah. And when this happens, I'm just rolling my eyes. There's also stuff that just I just don't understand at all. Like in the beginning when the guy has the woman hostage and he's like i'm on tv and that's like a big thing it's like what how's that changing what's happening right here that he recognizes that he's being filmed by like some bystander also that guy looks like he's just holding like uh not like a cheap camcorder but like not like a broadcast camcorder yet it's being broadcast on tv live like as they're going like he doesn't have any like satellite techno like he doesn't have any like apparatus like hanging off of him that would get there's just weird stuff like that that doesn't make any sense in this movie. weird shit in this movie I, yeah i'm gonna cut this off because i want to move to the games because i have a game connor do you have a game wait let me, i gotta get through some stuff because okay. mark mark has to leave and we're i know we're i know i know time. Got, we just I've have to time. say we have to say some stuff mm, that's like necessary to be said that samuel jackson's role was initially considered to be arnold schwarzenegger apparently bad yeah wouldn't work doesn't work at all. I don't think I agree with you. Um, and just the fact that uh, Wahlberg was also considered for the fair for Jim Street, yet he went and to do the Italian job. Yeah, he's a bad actor, Eric Wahlberg. Yeah. yeah, I agree with you. Justin uh, saying that Wahlberg is a better Damon is like the, one of the more insane things I've ever heard. That that was fucking bonkers, Justin. Yeah. Okay. What are the games? For the first time on this podcast, I want to do a competitive game. Because normally we don't do this, but having the two of you on here, I thought this would be interesting. I have a list. This is why I wanted to blow through this. We're going to go through this fast. I have a list here of 40 movies that are based on TV shows. Oh, good God. Now, here's how this is going to work. We're going to go in chronological order. I'm going to give you the year of the movie, 
Oh boy. And the the third build actor. Oh if you can't get it from third build, I'll give you second. If you can't get it from second, I'll give you first. Whoever shouts it out first gets the point. Sure. More points the earlier you get it. Okay? Does that make sense? I mean, so if I said if I said 2003 LL Cool J, it would be SWAT. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. None of these, these are all TV show adaptations like SWAT, where it's like a fresh reboot. There's nothing that like I think some of these like consider themselves like sequels or prequels, but there's nothing that's like a direct creative extension of the show. So no Star Trek. No Serenity, no Veronica Mars movie, no Monty Python, no Muppets. You get what I'm saying? Sure. Like they're it. all like yeah. fresh takes. No, like X Files. No X Files. Yeah. All any anything where it's like the same creative brain trust, the same cast. It's not Smallville. Is, it's not, not. Was there yeah. a Smallville movie? No, but you know about you're not taking like it's not like IP based. It's not like no, it is IP based. I'm saying these but are like, like Superman, but, so like Smallville Superman, but oh, no, 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 nothing like that. It also has Smallville to be is not based count. on a TV show. I thought about sneaking in like. Detective Pikachu, but no. No, 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 no. These are all, I mean, some of these are technically there's a predated IP, but they're really based on the TV. Sure. Okay. All right. Let's go. Let's try it, I guess. Number one. Year is 1987. Third build actor is Christopher Plummer. The Twilight Zone? Second build actor is Tom Hanks. Dan Aykroyd. No points. That is Dragnet. Uh, oh, oh, shit. Okay. 1987, third build, Meg Foster. Second build, Frank Langella. Um, First uh, Masters build, of the Universe. Masters of the Universe. Two points for Connor. Oh, fuck. Yeah, we're going Frank fast. Langella is the, the skull yep. face guy, whatever. Nin- Skeletor. I'm going to be so fucking bad at this. I'm going to be fucking horrible 1987, Charles Martin Smith. <laughs> Sean Connery. Oh, uh, The Untouchables. Yes. Yeah. What? Yep, The Untouchables, based on a TV show. Didn't know that. Yeah, based on a 60s procedural. All right, 1991, Christopher Lloyd. Raul Mm. Julia. Angelica Houston. The Adams Family? Adams Family. Oh, for real? Oh, God. For real. Oh, God. Wow, Mark, you're bombing this. I'm bombing. All right. That was a real guess for me. So 1993, Erica Oleniak. Diedrich Botter. Um, Jim Varney. Uh, All right. That's the hardest one on here. That's the Beverly Hillbillies, directed by I'm Penny Spears. So bad I just wanted to shout out. They're going to get easier as we get wow, to more contemporary so stuff. 93. These are the movies, though. Seela Ward. Tommy Lee Jones. Uh, the Fugitive. The Fugitive. Fuck me. Wow. <laughs> Mark's getting blown out the water. 94, James Garner. Maverick. Maverick! There you go. Three points to Mark for Maverick. All right, 94, Rick Moranis. Elizabeth Perkins. John Goodman. Um, that? Um, the, the Flintstones. That's the Flintstones. Yeah. 95, Christine Taylor. Gary Cole. Shelley Long. All right. That's the Brady Bunch movie. 
Oh, you didn't put Ninja Turtles on here. You're not counting that as a spin-off. No, because I'm counting as a comic. It's not really. Yeah. 1996, third build, Emmanuel Bear. Uh, Mission Impossible. Oh, <laughs> Connor. That was good. I'm going to wait for Mark to turn his mic back on. I like so her just, in that movie. I she's like so her good in that movie. movie. Yeah. Mark, you just missed Mission. You can never say that you like those movies. Mark. I can never say it. No, I because Connor like, doesn't I was like them. Going to meet her at How to Blow Up a Pipe. No, I like yeah. I like that one yeah. a lot. Yeah, and I like ninety seven. Yeah, Thomas Hayden Church. George of the Jungle. George of the Jungle. Oh. <laughs> George of the Jungle is based off a television show. The cartoon, yeah, the, the Hannibal. Yeah, the ninety eight. What? Sean Connery. Uma Thurman. Ray Fiennes, Avengers. Uh, Avengers. Uh, yeah. Avengers. You said that before I started to say Ray Fiennes. I'm going to give you two points for that. Oh my gosh! Thank you very much. Ninety-eight. Heather Graham. Mimi Rogers. William Hurt. Danger! Um, danger! Will Robinson. Oh, that's all his face. face. Fuck me. Another movie I've seen a million times. I know. That's why I thought you. I thought you were going to do better at this, Mark. Ninety-nine. Jolie Fisher. Rupert Everett. Uh, it's fuck. Uh, it's uh, Inspector Gadget. It's Inspector Gadget. Mark catching up. Rupert Everett, the bad guy. He's the villain. He's Jim. Ninety-nine. Kenneth Branagh. Um. Kevin Klein. Wild, wild, no. Wild, wild west. Wild, wild west. Fuck. Mark, you've pulled into the lead. Ninety-nine. Wow. Alfred Molina. Sarah Jessica Parker. Brendan Fraser. Uh, From ninety-nine. Did Mark freeze? Oh, oh, no. Dudley Do Right. Dudley Do Right. I was. I should have called that. Two thousand. Lucy Liu. Travis Angels. Charlie's Angels. That's the easiest one on here. All right. 2002, Famke Janssen. X-Men? X-Men? No, it's not based on a TV show, guys. It's also 2000. Uh, Owen Wilson. Owen Wilson. I Spy. I Spy. Good get, Connor. God damn it. 2002, Matthew Lillard. Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Doo. 2004, Snoop Dogg. Starsky and Hutch. Starsky and God Hutch. Damn it. Connor. 2005, Johnny Lee Miller. <laughs> Martin right. Sokus. I don't know. Charlize Theron. This is Aeon Flux. What? Is that anime? Is it MTV like? It's based on an MTV cartoon. An, an MTV cartoon. Uh, yeah. 2005, Shirley MacLaine. Will Ferrell. Um, fuck. The, um, Nicole Kidman. I can't remember the name of it. All right, I it's Bewitched. 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 2005, Gabriel Union. Mike Epps. Cedric the Entertainer. The Honeymooners. The Honeymooners, a movie that time forgot. 2006, Gong Lee. Miami Vice. <laughs> On the ball. 2008, Dwayne Johnson. 
G.I. Joe. Anne uh, Hathaway. Get smart. Get smart. Yeah. Brief sidebar. I have long thought about doing a Get Smart podcast. That's like a one gets, you know, there's like one Star Wars minute, one heat minute, all those like we're going through this totemic classic at yeah. a time. I've yeah. always thought about doing that to Get Smart because that is the most average movie ever made. Every movie ever made is like half the movies ever made are better than Get Smart. Half the movies ever made are worse than Get Smart. It is perfectly in the middle. I hate to more say it, than, but I think more than half the movies ever made are worse than Get are Smart. Worse. <laughs> 2009, Danny McBride. 2009? Mm-hmm. Anna Friel. Will Ferrell. Uh, Land of the Lost. Land of the Lost. Connor. 2009, Rachel McAdams. Academy Award nominee, Rachel McAdams. Show some respect. State of play. State of... Oh. Connor, that is state of play. 2010, Jessica Biel, Bradley Cooper. The A-Team? The A-Team. Jessica Biel's in the A-Team? Yeah, I forgot that too. I don't remember that at all. 2010, Nicola Peltz. Oh, God. Uh, uh, The Last Airbender. The Last Airbender with Dave (laughs) Patel. I'm not getting this. Good pull. (laughs) 2010, Danny Houston. Um... Ray Winston. Mel. I didn't even realize these names rhymed until I did this. Mel Gibson. 2010. 2010. Mel Gibson, Ray Winston, and it's Winstone. It's Winstone. It might be Winstone. Winstone. Thank you. You've thrown me off. You guys don't know. It's Edge of Darkness. Edge of Darkness. darkness. That's a TV show? Martin Campbell. Martin Campbell's first big break was doing that as a TV show in English. Like an English TV show? Oh, Oh, I could have put Widows on this list, huh? I didn't put Widows on this list. Uh, 2012, Brie Larson. 21 Jump Street. Street. Everyone forgets she's in that. Uh, I don't forget. 2012, Helena Bonham Carter. Michelle Pfeiffer. Johnny Depp. Uh, Dark Shadows. Worse. Dark Shadows. Have you guys seen Dark Shadows? That movie sucks so bad. So I've bad. Seen it. I haven't seen it since it came out. Uh, 2014, Chloe Grace Moretz. Um, 2014. Somehow, second build again, Martin Sokas. <laughs> Top build uh, talked about it a lot this this episode. Mr. Denzel Washington. Oh, the Equalizer. This is the Equalizer, a movie that is bad, unfortunately. Uh, speaking of movies that are bad, 2015, Alicia Vikander, third build. Second build, Army Hammer. Oh, uh, the Man from Uncle. Fuck. Whew. All right, 2017. Speaking of bad movies, uh, Priyanka Chopra Jonas. I think you got there before I did because I question mark myself to give it to Connor. Yeah. Uh, 2017, speaking of movies that are good as hell, Vincent D'Onofrio. Dax Shepard. Oh, uh, Chips. Chips. I've never seen that. It's Michael yeah. Pena's in there, right? Hi, Pena's top belt. Yeah. Uh, speaking of 2019, well Michael Pena. 2019, Dora the 2019. Explorer. God, <laughs> I, damn it! I 
did this God whole game so Mark could get God that point. And Mark did not get that point. Really <laughs> funny, really is, funny is, adaptation is Eugenio, of the television show. Second build in that movie. Second build. You know what's a great movie is Dora and the Lost City. Of Good movie. Incredible movie. So funny. Great adaptation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mark, are you ashamed? Yep, I am. I'm not coming back. Uh, 2019, I'm not showing face. I'm not showing face, but I'm not showing face. 2019, Ella Belinsky. Who is that lady? Yeah, I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> Naomi Scott. Uh, what? 2019. Kristen Stewart. Charlie's Angels. Charlie's Angels. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's why I didn't recognize that yeah. name. That's why I was like. Uh, 2020, Lucy Hale. Wildly third build in this movie. Maggie Q is second build. 2020. 2020. The Michael Pena is first build. Oh shit. It's another Pena. Uh... This is the horror fantasy island reboot that Jeff. Oh yeah. Why didn't you put Power Rangers on here? Eh. No. Because that's okay. isn't that a direct? Oh, I guess the 2017 bonds? one. Yeah, because uh, it's, it's too Sabans, good. It's too good to be on this list. It's too good to be on this list. It's too. Miami Vice is on this list. Yeah, Miami Vice is as good as Saban's <laughs> Power Rangers. I'm sorry. Uh, the great American film, 2022. Kiki Lane. John Mulaney. Andy Samberg. Wow, you guys already forgot this movie came out. Is it animated? This is Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers. Oh, no. Oh. Actually, no, I didn't never saw it. Sucks. It sucks. I never saw it. So, so Mulaney and Sandberg are Chip and Dale. Are Chip and Dale, yeah. Oh, interesting. Or maybe Dale and Chip. So is I'm Kiki not Lane gonna... an animated character? No, or she's is Kiki human. Lane like in the movie? Kiki Lane is so bad in that movie. It's embarrassing. What's going on with Kiki Lane? Because she did that and she did fucking... Um, Coming to America too, like back to back, and I'm like, what's going on with Kiki Lane? So I'm not going to read the scores for reasons, but let's just say that Connor won that game. Yeah, just say the score. It can't be that. So Mark, you got 25 points. Connor got 39 points. Connor got 42 points. Holy shit! (laughs) I did way better than I thought I did. Because I the guy who couldn't name the British films the other way. I know you couldn't name the British films, but you're like getting all these shows off the third build actor. Good game. Uh, I like that game. That was fun. I thought that was fun. I thought that was was fun. fun I wouldn't whip that out with everyone. But that is something that that is something negates my game. It does. Oh, did you also do a TV movie thing? Yeah, I was gonna do GQ magazine has like the top best TV movie. movie adaptations of a tv show or like oh, movies sorry. that are associated with the tv show i mean we didn't you didn't name let me go through the top 10 real quick yeah i'm interested connor likes to pull these like garbage lists off the yeah, internet because i just find them so <laughs> yeah. funny yeah, they're like so they're so ridiculous i'm happy we did this here and not like tomorrow night because this is some shit that cole would keep me on the phone for like an hour for <laughs> making me oh, play yeah, by what? myself four points and i'd be like why are you keeping score i'm playing by myself you idiot <laughs> why don't why don't we mark do you only got because... 25 points I think there's literally only one crossover. No, there's there's two. I mean, I'm guessing that there's they two probably crossovers. have like Borat on there and Holy Grail on there. 
All right, you already got Borat, so yeah, that's see, number stuff, six. Stuff I wasn't thinking. I was thinking. You want to guess the two that cross over? They're not the two I think you're. I totally deleted there. my entire list. Um, we'll just do the top ten. Is advice? No, my one is from members. 2012, and the other 21 one is Jump from Street. 2002. 21 Jump Street is the one, is number nine. 2002. Is it I Spy? No. Interesting. It's Scooby Doo. It's Scooby Doo. Yeah, a good seven. movie. A good movie, right? We can all agree. Number I like 10. Yeah, good. Number 10 is uh from 2019. Um it's not like it's a reboot. It's, it's not a reboot. Pikachu? No. It's not a reboot. 2019. Is it El Camino? It's El Camino. Mm. Remember El Camino? Did I watch that? What number if Ryan eight? Johnson had directed El Camino? <laughs> would have been wild. Well, not really. It would have just been it would have been better. Maybe borderline watchable. Yeah. Because that's about his ceiling. Number eight is from 2002. <laughs> it's also not even Cole doesn't think that. <laughs> is it I Spy? <laughs> no, it's from. Oh, sorry, it's from 2022. Sorry, it's from 2022. It's, it's also not, not a reboot. It's not Chippendale. It's not it's Chippendale. Not a reboot. It's, what came out in 2022 that was a TV movie? The Ray Donovan movie, I think, came out in 2022. I'll give you two more guesses unless yeah. you want the hit right away. Hit me, hit me, hit me. Okay, it's not uh, it's not a narrative television. Jackass Forever? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The third best Jackass movie. That's number eight. Number five is based off of a British television series. I is this existed. Widows? Nope. It's from it's 2009. Not, it's, it's 2009. It's not State of Play? Nope, it's not State of Play. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why this is on the list. As it's high not. As it is. It's not the Abfab movie, is it? No, that's like 2013. Is it this stars like... uh, Peter Capaldi? Oh, it's in the loop. Yeah, yeah. Another one. Again, stuff I was leaving off the list because I wasn't thinking of them as adaptations so much as continuations. Number four is from 2018. Widows. No, it's actually yeah. a sequel to the reboot. Like it's a sequel within the reboot. It's but it's not one of the stars. It's tracks. the fourth. It's the fourth. It came out in 2018. It's I, some people claim Mark, it's the best thinking? one of the series. Some Mark, do you have any thoughts? Sequel of the reboot 2018. Based on a TV show. Is it? It's not the fourth. It's the sixth, I think. Is I, it I the fucking Teen Titans movie? No, 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 no. Forget, okay. forget the hint that's that a, says the fourth. That's a movie. Based on the TV show, thank you very much. That cool it stars off. a guy that no, because it's a continuation podcast very extensively. Sure not Tom. No, Fallout is not a reboot. It's no, I said fourth, it's, it's, it's a sixth. sequel. I said it's a sequel to the reboot. Oh, I thought you said it was the fourth one for some reason. I did, I did, and then I realized. Oh, because it's the six. Going. It's Fallout. Yeah. It's the second best Mission Impossible. I lost track. Movie. That's my fault. Um, we can all agree. We can all agree on this podcast. That it is uh, the second best Mission Impossible movie. Please speak up if you don't think it's the second best Mission Impossible movie. To number one? To, to Rogue Nation. I think that one's better than Rogue Nation. Mark, if you have anything to say, please speak up. Is Rogue Nation the um, the I, uh, the fourth I guess one? Mark agrees. Mark, you have to unmute yourself. <laughs> I can't unmute you. Is Rogue Nation the fourth one? It's the fifth one. The fifth one. Best one. It's the first Macquarie. This depends on how you count it. It depends on how you count it. <laughs> it on yeah, count. I don't know. I, I haven't seen that one in a long enough time. It's the best. One. I like. I just like Henry Cavill. I like. <laughs> hey, hey, I like hey, the way he hey. plays in that movie. Nobody yeah. likes Fallout more than this guy right here. Well, here yeah. 
literally number two. <laughs> but Mr. I think Could... the first one is my favorite. I think first Mr. one's the one. third best one. The first one's incredible. Look, they're all yeah. good, and then there's three. Cole and I double featured uh, the teacher. You think two? You like two better than Mission Impossible? Uh, Teen, yeah, yeah. It was directed by fucking John Woo. I do like Mission Impossible too. Yeah, we saw mm-hmm. Teen Titans go to the movies, and then Mission Impossible Fallout in a double feature once. John Never Woo, who in... they name drop in SWAT. Yeah, they, they do. They only Josh Charles goes to a Samuel Jackson. He's like, what? No role. And Samuel Jackson's like, this isn't a John Woo movie. Here's, here's the thing about Teen Titans go to the movies. And then they all keep rolling. Here's the thing about yeah, Teen I know. Titans. Here's the thing about Teen Titans go to the movies. It might have the darkest joke I've ever seen in a movie. It's true. And I know people like to say that about kids' movies when they like don't watch adult movies, but I do watch adult movies, and I'm still coming here to tell you that Teen Titans Go to the Movies might have the darkest joke I've ever seen in a movie. I know what you're talking about, but I can't remember. Is it like it's, Santa Claus? It, not being there, real or it's two like jokes, and they're kind of back to back. It's two. Well, one joke's pretty dark, and then they somehow top it up. There's a there's a montage in Teen Titans Go to the Movies of them like traveling through time and like they stop krypton from blowing up they convince aquaman not to come out of the water they no, say they bruce- don't they don't yeah, right, sorry, conv- yeah. they, they they stop krypton from blowing up they save bruce wayne's parents from getting killed and then they throw like one of those plastic soda ring containers into the water so it chokes and kills baby aquaman oh and God. then they come back to the present and they realize that the world is shit. So they have to go back to when all the superheroes were kids and like undo the thing. So they, they become Bruce superheroes. So they- no, that's this is the super dark joke is that there's a shot of them shoving Bruce Wayne's parents into the alleyway and then being like, hold up, hold up. No, we can't do this. Grabbing Martha Wayne back out, putting the pearl necklace around her and then shoving her back. <laughs> <laughs> it's... It's so and the morbid. gunshots and the gunshots <laughs> like flare out from the alley, bang, 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 and they're like, "Oh fuck!" It's so out of pocket. Like that that movie's not good, but that movie actually like takes shots at superhero movies in the way that like a Deadpool movie is too scared to do. Yeah, yeah, no, it's true. That movie it was a we fun had, screening. We had, we had fun with that movie. Yeah, Shut just, up. That, that movie, there's, there's, there's not ninety minutes worth of material in that course, ninety minute movie. That's James. the problem with that movie. Yeah, Teen Titans went to the movies and then they. Well, how is the Widows not on this list? I don't know. Number Mark. three is also an animated movie from 1999. Going um, off Teen Titans, it's not. Is it Pokemon? The first no. movie. Is it Rugrats? Oh, no. it's South Park. It's South Park. It's South Park. Yeah. Yeah. Number two is from 2009. Star Trek. Yeah. Yeah. You're gonna get there right off yeah. that. Number one is from 2007. It's not a reboot. The SpongeBob movie? No, yeah, but you're close. You're close. The Simpsons movie. The Simpsons. The Simpsons. Movie. Movie. Uh, the Simpsons movie is the only movie on this list that is almost as good as Widows, but it's not as good as Widows. I am sorry. Widows is better than all these movies. Mark, we got to have you back on like the fourth or fifth time we do Widows. Because every movie star in the world. When we've really exhausted yeah. talking about Widows, we're gonna do so many Widows episodes, guys. You have no idea. <laughs> Okay, well, every actor we're interested in talking yeah. about every in single actor we <laughs> yeah. can do michelle rodriguez we can do a second swat michelle rodriguez shit man what if we Kalina, did what if we were like Neeson, davis henry debicki arivo coon what a, what a crazy Duvall. dude what a crazy yeah. turn things would be if we were like season two 
John Bernthal. And then we were like, season Bernthal. three, Robert Duvall, just the 2000s. <laughs> just the 2000s. <laughs> just the 2000s for Robert Duvall. Some Duvall. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. You still blew my mind with the revelation that John Bernthal's in Sicario. I can't believe it. Kaluuya. You forgot Kaluuya was in but Sicario. Kaluuya's in Sicario as well, too. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I know that now. I know that now. Connor thought I was being an asshole because he knows I don't like Villeneuve, but it was really just that I had Yeah, like I literally Sicario couldn't tell if years. you were messing with me or <laughs> no, not. I really just haven't seen Sicario in 10 years. Yeah, good episode. Sorry if you didn't go three else. hours like you wanted. This was a fun one. There's yeah. not three hours of, uh, well, how do you think, what do you think of Oliver <laughs> Martinez as the bad guy? Yeah, he's like right. he's he's a fake bad guy and he's it's not executed well he yeah. you, you you kind of are like what the fuck is this connecting bit until the a really poor payoff of his old partner being the real bad guy of the movie and he's Here's- kind of just like uh he's the MacGuffin of the movie that you have to watch like 20 minutes of before realizing that he's not really the bad guy he's yeah. booking he's booking this off unfaithful. unfaithful yeah and he's so good and unfaithful I don't like know he's, if he's good and unfaithful oh, or if he's just like a piece of set deck that exactly, Lynn uses so well. Exactly. Oh, you are starting yeah. to understand the Adrian line mindset, my friend. You're starting <laughs> to get it. Hey, Mark, is Ben Affleck good in deep water? Yes. Is he great in deep water? He's so good. Is it one of his best performances? I don't even know. I don't even <laughs> think it's in the top five. <laughs> it's insane. Is, it, is he better in deep water or the town? He's better in Pearl Harbor. That's <laughs> famous, famous cult movie, Pearl Harbor. <laughs> I got into a big fight with Cole and some friends in school back in the day because they were talking about their cult cinema club. And I was like, oh, so Mark, and I know, shut, shut, shut. Mark's like, never watched They, they, they had the Columbia College life. cult film club. And I was like, can I program a movie? Like, yeah, cool, Mark. What do you need to program? Pearl Harbor. <laughs> I'm like, what? I'm like, yeah, Pearl Harbor. It's one of my favorite cult movies. And they're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, there's the like eight, I'm like, there's like eight people who like that movie. <laughs> that was and, and they like it a lot. <laughs> and that Pearl, makes it a cult movie. Pearl Harbor is not a good cult, movie. Cult movies escape the cult like thing and then they become <laughs> mainstream movies and they're not cult movies anymore. Pearl Harbor is the purest installation of you know what, what a problem cult with, movie is. You know what the problem with Pearl Harbor is? What? Josh Hartman's in it. Yeah, not, not a movie star. They're just nope. going to say that they made that movie. It's not, not a, movie a good star movie. In the movie. It's a bad movie. The actual raid on Pearl Harbor is kind of like extraordinary. Cuba it's, Gooding it's Jr. in the Cuba in the rules in that yeah. movie. Cuba's so good at that. No, no, the scale of that movie is insane. Yeah, the problem. Michael is the Bay. First... Michael Bay had interest in directing, a, or he was approached yeah, to direct uh, SWAT. I think he was approached to direct SWAT in 1995. Well, yeah, when yeah. he hadn't made Bad Boys. Yet. It's we're dealing with a phone booth situation. Yeah, here, that's what I'm like, saying. Everyone yeah. was directed. I mean, I saw Tony was was approached to direct SWAT. Tony Scott SWAT probably would a good bit. And the thing about Clark John, you can kind of see who he knows he was up against and who he ended up taking the job from. And there's a little bit of a lot of stealing from all of them all over the place. But here's what I'm trying to say. Here's what I'm trying to say. Tony had made if Tony had made SWAT. That's 2003 Tony when he's losing his mind and making like the best movies anyone's ever made. But dude, if Tony had made SWAT. And he was able to rework the script. Like, if he was able to make SWAT and David Ayer was never brought on to do, like, a huge rewrite, is is it not inarguable that Colin Farrell is a movie star? If that's well, the circumstance that I don't know if it's good. That's what I'm saying. 
Well, we'd have to see it. I don't know. Maybe I'm saying but, under those on, circumstances, think, I think Hondo's it's in the fucking undeniable. control room. Hondo's yeah. in the control room the whole movie. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's the whole just movie, like the whole movie looks like Domino, is what we're saying. Yeah. Good. <laughs> if that's the scenario, <laughs> I almost don't care if Con Farrell's good. Because <laughs> you know who definitely is a movie star is Kira Knight. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to make you do a Kira Knightley podcast with me, Connor. You're going to lose your mind I when like you Kira realize Knightley. how many identical period pieces that where she's doing like half a degree difference of performance and it's the best thing you've ever seen in your life. Pride and Prejudice, Atonement. Uh, oh, oh no, no. I'm talking about like the uh, fucking Colettes of the world, but No, I'm saying we're just I'm not going talking about it. the rights. Yeah, I'm saying we're going. I'm, I'm just trying to roll off, off the tongue with it. Boston um, Strangler. I haven't seen that yet. It's good. good. It's good. It's a watchable. Joel movie. Schumacher was also in uh, Approach yeah. to Direct SWAT. I wonder what that would have been like. Zack Snyder, this movie would have been worse somehow if he nah, made it. You don't nah, think so? Nah. Anton with Fuqua, that probably would have been good. That would have just know. been training day. Is yeah, the but problem. Like, it would have been, what if you made the six, the spiritual successor training day? It was this movie. And He's was, tried to do that a hundred times. He's never pulled it off. Yeah. I'm an Antoine Fuqua hater. I'm sorry. Didn't he make something good recently? Um, he did. Uh, uh, let he, me check. He, he had the, he had emancipation last oh, year. Oh yeah. That's Nobody not watched. what I was thinking of. Nobody but watched he that. did have emancipation. Um, um, his King Arthur. Oh, it, never... I, I, I'm just thinking about Southpaw, which is a really good movie. Oh, but Southpaw's not never, recently. Never seen no, it's not. It's just fresh in my brain that I like. I remember being so surprised that I like Southpaw. Jake Gyllenhaal uh, is unbelievable in that film. Yeah, yeah. God, Shooter remember... is kind of interesting. Like Brooklyn's Finest is interesting. Imagine watching Shooter. Olympus Has Fallen is really bad. Magnificent Seven has like the wildest cast of all time and is still yeah, incredibly boring. Ethan Hawke is losing his mind in that movie. Connor. Like, I think Ethan Hawke Connor, has actually lost his mind in that movie. I have a very important question for you. What? I just want to throw this out here. Is Ethan Hawke a good actor? <laughs> Holistically? Cole thinks Ethan Hawke is only good in Richard Linklater movies. Yes, but is he not good in? It's training a lot. It's a lot. But of he's Cole. good in Training Day. That's the thing. It's he's Cole giving. It's Cole. Is he not good in Gattaca? It's Cole flipping the script. It's Cole. It's Cole flipping the script from the beginning of the episode and saying the director was more responsible for performance than the actor is. Well, I think he's, because dude, what are you talking about? He is unbelievable in First Reformed. Oh, he's okay in First Reformed. He's unbelievable. You can't tell me. Okay, no, 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 no. Time out. He is not unbelievable in First Reformed when like. 10 different people have given that same performance and he's near the bottom of the ranking. I don't know if he is. Yeah. I think in terms of the leading men in Schrader film in the, in the God's lonely man. Cause are are we, I'm going to give you this. Are we not counting the Scorsese God's lonely man movies? Well, no, we are, but I, okay. So then it's, it's cage De Niro Defoe uh, Isaac. At minimum, I think no. Hawk's better than Gear, Isaac. Hawk Gear, is better than Isaac. Honestly, sorry, Richard Gear. Hawk's better than Gear too. He's fine in that movie. Hawk's I think better it might be Gear. a case of Ethan Hawk having bad taste. Oh, he has bad taste, and oh, that's what well, it is. I know is he it, has bad. Is taste. he has bad taste, but he's a good actor. 
He gives the only bad performance in a Ty West movie. I'm not saying he's a movie star, but he's good in Brooklyn's Finest. All right, maybe he's, he's good in Brooklyn's Finest. You know, you, here, here's here's what it is. Here's what it is. What is he? I'm trying to. He's just really bad in Juliet Naked. Yeah. He's good in Deadpool. He's good in Deadpool Society. He's, he's a little kid. Terrible in Deadpool Society. He's good in that movie. He can't, he's, he's terrible good. in Deadpool Mark Society. Tilly sitting over here he, rolling his eyes. He's bad in The Purge. You know what? He's good in Predestination. Okay, sure. You know what? I'll say he's a good actor. His cameo in Glass Onions, needless. Great, <laughs> great, iconic, heroic. <laughs> uh, I haven't seen that Tesla movie that he's in. He's I've really bad in Lord of War. Oh, he's good in Tesla. He's good in Tesla. He's good in Tesla. He's Who's really he bad in Lord of War. I like his. Who's he in Lord of War? I can't remember. He plays um, the Lord of War. No, he doesn't. He plays it's the just, Lord of War. What about Boyhood? He's, he's good. Oh wait, Link later. It's a Link later. He's movie. just so <laughs> bad in Reality Bites. Is my point. No, you're you're not wrong. Like he is, he is incredibly bad in a lot of these movies. Yeah, it's just when he's when he's hitting. It's it's he a similar okay, thing where it's like though. there's not really other actors that would be able to like. Paul would say he's a bad actor of... who's given two of maybe the best performances anyone's ever given. We did that's Richard Linklater. In which two are the one? Which Linklater before Sunset and what's the other one? What's the other Linklater one? And, uh, before Midnight. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Fair <laughs> enough. Yeah, I don't know. Again, no one likes those movies more than me. I just worry he's about had, the rest of Ethan Hawke's he, career. He's also a guy who was like undeniably a movie star for like a three-year stretch of time. Yeah. That like I, he's more he falls way more into the ballpark of like I don't understand how this guy was ever considered a movie star than Colin. Farrell oh, does. you know what? No, 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 no. He's he's he is good enough in Adopt a Highway that I'll give him a pass for everything. He direct that movie? I guess so. No, Logan Marshall Green directed that movie. Oh, man. Logan Marshall Green. We should do Logan Marshall Green on the podcast. <laughs> hold on, hold on. I'm going to let you go. <laughs> so just to clarify, you want to do episodes on Across the Universe, Brooklyn's <laughs> Finest, Devil, Prometheus, multiple James Franco William Faulkner movies, The Invitation, Snowden, Spider-Man Homecoming, Upgrade... <laughs> Sounds good. Is this not like a crazy podcast? This sounds really good. Oh man, we'd have to do Tom Hardy first. Yeah, I know. No, wait. We should just do both of them at the same time and refer to them (laughs) as the same person. Yeah, and be like, "Wow, really strange move to go from this Hardy film to this Logan Marshall Green project." I'm gonna call it, Mark. I would like to point out that if you were not late or did not have a hard out, we definitely would have hit two hours because we're just fucking blathering at this point. Uh, yeah, so that was her episode on SWAT. Uh, Mark, thank you so much for joining us. This is a lot of fun. I know the scheduling was kind of annoying to get this to work, but I'm glad we did it. I I, I, I was running downtown to yeah. get up here. Uh, I was so worried I was going to be out of breath. Do you, uh, do you have anything you want to plug? Where can, can I ask you guys you? one question about yeah. the end of the movie before yeah. we officially end this? Am I the only one that, like, the way it's edited, I th- I swear to God, Renner threw Farrell underneath the train. Incoherent. And then it cuts, and it's Farrell standing there. Like, incoherent. Am I the only one that felt that way? Like, no, there's, it makes no sense. Incoherent. Yeah. There's a shot in this movie that I've been thinking about ever since I was a kid and I first saw it. And it's other than the one it, of Farrell spinning the baton. The, other than that one, <laughs> yeah. it's another, it, there's a beat. And it's like, I was talking, when Cole stopped to wait for water, I was telling Connor, I was like, this is a movie I always understood was messy. And I could enjoy despite that. As a child, I'd be like, this, what the fuck is this? They're in, they're, they're, they're in that restaurant 
after they've just passed like the airplane exam and they're all doing their, you know, shoving money down his pants. Hondo walks in the door and allegedly the guy who owns the restaurant, he has like, he walks into a close up and makes this like really weird face at Hondo. Like (laughs) if you've rented the movie recently, go back to that scene when they're in that restaurant and just go watch it right now. And he kind of does that. He has this weird moment where he's never been introduced and he walks into frame and just kind of looks at Hondo like, how the fuck are you here? Like he's seeing a ghost. Or like he's, you know what I'm saying? It looks like he thought Hondo was dead or something. And it's this weird bit that I feel like was just left in and not taken out from some longer thing. And it's so confusing. Watch it if you have a moment. If you care about SWAT at all, go watch it. Comment on Cole's fucking podcast post and let him know what you think it's about. I'm so, uh, I've always <laughs> been curious about it. It's so weird. Go find it. But uh, this movie this movie is cut incoherent. This movie feels chopped to pieces and released, you know, to meet yeah. a date. Like... Yeah. I'll add two more th- or maybe three more things before we go. One, it's crazy that the shots of Farrell hitting the punchy bag are like the same exact shots from the recruit. Just he's outside yeah. like the punchy bag. <laughs> it's literally the same exact shots. I love when um, Michelle Rodriguez like holds it and does like a take off of it. She's, she's, yeah. she's, she's like using it to like, <laughs> it's so funny. I almost kicked my cat in the head there. Hi, Frankie. Oh, that cat looks confused as hell. Yeah. <laughs> like that guy in the restaurant. That's, That's the, the most he's dance. moved in a month. <laughs> oh, gosh. Hey, Frank. Uh, what, what, I don't what, know what, if I had another what, one other than, like, this is still in the Ebert wheelhouse of yeah, him just, Ebert like, wanting to like movie. all movies. Yeah. And he's just, like, they had real helicopters. It's crazy. Ebert's I like this whole movie. Thing is like, yeah. Ebert's whole thing about this movie is, like, Every other action movie is cartoony. This movie is grounded. This is how these action scenes would actually play out. They're messy and they're stripped down and they're short. And I'm watching the movie and I'm like, they land a plane on a bridge (laughs) and then they have to do car chase like collision stuff with the plane. Roger, what are you talking about? (laughs) Oh, and the last thing, the last thing I want to say was just that like, this is obviously we're talking about this more in the episode that's going to be coming up. But when you read like the the news breaks of Miami Vice getting greenlit and people being like, this doesn't sound like a good idea. I just like this is the movie that they were all thinking about. Right. Yeah. That like you hear that Miami Vice is going to get made and you're like, oh, so it's going to be this movie like all over again with the soundtrack and everything like that. And it's just insanity. It's like insanity that man took it in such a different direction. And then I think even like more insanity that people didn't like that movie as much as they didn't like it. We'll get you know into I mean? it. Yeah. We'll get into it. I think I'm you excited need to, to listen to that episode. The context of Michael Mann's career. Yeah. No, Mark, I'm ready to get into it. But, Mark then, wanted, wanted to be on that episode. I told him no. Yeah, I know. Well, he, he was the nothing. first one. And then we yeah, were the, like, the problem, yeah. Mark, the problem is we just did three hours on SWAT, first of all. Think about how long the Miami Vice episode is. Now think about the fact that Connor doesn't like Miami Vice. And then, I, like, we don't need a guest. He says this stuff. Like, he says this stuff like me telling him Come that on. the town is bad. It's like, I, I, said, I said to Cole once that I like Heat better than Miami Vice. And Cole has held that against me, like, for the rest of eternity. I stand by shit. it. It's baby shit. Yeah. We got to vamp for a second because Mark needs to say an outro, uh, but he's on the phone. Right Farrell now. drives a really cool car for like 30 seconds in this movie. Sure. He looks very handsome in this movie. I had that yeah, thought. Yeah, it is. There is hot Farrell yeah. in this movie. Um, yeah. Anyway, that's our SWAT episode. Uh, Mark, you got anything you want to plug? Where can the people I'm, find you? Nothing. I, I, 
I live downtown officially. I don't live, I don't live in River North, Cole. Yeah, I we got downtown. into an argument on this. I don't live, about, yeah, yeah. But what downtown You can find is me at downtown. That's where I live. I, 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 I cited, I, I, I asked a Chicago expert and he betrayed me, even though we're family and he's met Mark once. Um, I'm running to yeah, a screening uh, of how to, build, how to build the pipeline right now. So you're going to go, you can go. You, are you we're sure? Just gonna do, we're just going to do the outro. It was a blast being on this. Great to meet yep. you, Connor. Good to talk, talk to you again. You. Looking yeah, forward nice to meeting it. you. Thanks for coming, right. man. Love you guys. Bye. Yeah. I love Connor. Uh, I love Connor. <laughs> Connor, you want to plug the Instagram? Yeah, it's at above the title pod. I'm going to be posting a lot more, hopefully, at the end of this week. Uh, yep. Uh, join us next week. We are closing out 2003. We are talking about Intermission, a movie that sounds very interesting. I just I found out. Is directed by John Crowley, who fucking yeah. rules. So I'm excited for that. We we are going to lose our minds next week because I don't know if you know who's in intermission, but I, I know who's in intermission. I fucking, do, yeah. we're talking Killian Murphy and we're talking Shirley Henderson, buddy. Uh, so until then, uh, fuck the Los Angeles Police Department. <laughs>